0: Spotted. Kicked. Up. It is... Goal!
1: <laughs> it's gone! The Eagles win! What an outstanding football game. Now, that's a fun game. That That's outstanding. The Eagles, on 11 plays, Mr. Reese, they go 72 yards. Jake Elliott topped it off with a
2: 35-yard bomb right through the uprights. Last week's it's good indeed. The Eagles comfort behind. Final drive to stun the Houston Texans by a score of 32 to 30. Woo! Welcome to the post-game show presented by Rico, Chris McPherson alongside former Eagles linebacker Ike Reese. That game had it all. The Eagles had a double-digit lead in the third in the fourth quarter. Once again, it slid away. And you thought maybe this is going to be the story of the season that, once again, the Eagles are unable to finish. They're trailing 30-29. to 29. They get the ball one last time. Nick Foles takes a shot in the end zone. He's hurt, has to come out for one play, comes back in. Gutsy drive, there was a pass over the middle of Zach Gertz, who capped off a record-breaking day where he set the all-time single-season record for most catches by a tight end. And then a few more receptions to get the Eagles within field goal range. And Jake Elliott, okay, known for the dramatics last season with that win over the Giants, missed an extra point earlier in the game, makes up for it with a 35-yard field goal. And you just heard the call there, courtesy of Merrill Kim, of Merrill Reese. Giving us the game winner, the Eagles saved their season, improved to eight and seven. Another win over a division lean team, Ike, and woo—they have put themselves in position. Now, some bad news happening around the rest of the league. Dallas winning, they clinched the NFC East. Minnesota won, so they still are in control for that last wild card spot. But nonetheless, though, the Eagles had to save their season, and what a gutsy drive as Nick Foles, 471 passing yards, sets the all-time single-game passing record for the Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Yeah, just an outstanding game, Chris. I mean, you look at the offensive side of the ball, and boy, did they come to play today. Now today, in my opinion, this might have been the best the offensive look, especially from the the uh, passing uh, aspect of the game, but really just a gutsy performance uh, came out, dominated. I thought the defense, you know, they, they relaxed a little bit there in the second half, give Houston a lot of credit. They didn't give up, obviously, with a lot to play for on the line for them. They're trying to get a bye week. They climbed back into this game. They take the lead, but the Eagles showing resilience, and Nick Foles, like you said, that big shot he took in the end zone, to add 15 yards to the big throw, he was able to complete to Alshon Jeffrey, and then the throw to Zach Ertz, that really put them in field goal range. I think just a clutch performance Performance by Nick coming down the stretch with this offense. You put the ball in his hands. You needed a a field goal to go in and win the game in the end, and Nick Foles was able to do it. Really, not able – I haven't seen the Eagles do this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, not since – the, uh, the Colts game, had they come back, I mean, this late in the game, had a game-winning drive uh, like they did in this game here. No, so, no. So, you know, we haven't seen very many of these type of victories this year. We've often been on the wrong side of these type of games, but it's great to see this team coming off of that game last week against the Rams. I was so concerned about an emotional letdown coming off of that big win last week, but they came home and what could be the final home game of the season. Uh, and they really put on an offensive performance for this uh, home crowd. And what a thrilling victory and uh, what could be the possibly the last game well, will be the it last game they like, play because yeah, the Cowboys won point. the East. Yes. Yeah. Cowboys won the East, so it will be the last game. And what a game to go out on,
2: man. Well, what a game to go out on. <laughs> we, we've had some dramatic finishes this year. And you got, we got to come to the set right afterwards. And it's hard to kind of compartmentalize everything yeah. right off the bat to be able to you know, get ready to do the broadcast. And once again, It's great doing this in such thrilling fashion. Again, it has been a playoff-like atmosphere for the Eagles. Going to L.A. last weekend, the big win underdogs, you know, huge you know, spread that they were against, able to get the win on the road. But that game also allowed the Rams to climb back into the game late. Yeah. Well, here once again, not only did they allow the Texans to get back in the ball game, the Texans got the lead, and everyone's starting to think, this can't happen. This yeah. is no way that this season is going to end like this. And it all goes on the shoulders of Nick Foles, who, once again, franchise record most passing yards in a game 471, and really with no rushing game today. Yeah. Everything was on him. You look at the time of possession differential, almost 34 minutes the Eagles had the football, 462 total net passing yards when all is said and done, because only 57 yards on the ground. This was on Nick Foles' shoulders today, and he delivered in a big way. And you know, give the rest of the offense credit for coming with the big plays. You mentioned on the final drive, Alshon Jeffrey had a 50-yard catch earlier in the game. Third down and 10, hauls the ball in the middle of the field, and he had to come out for a brief time with some sort of injury. Zach Ertz, I forget, I don't know what he finished with on <laughs> the day. Okay, double-digit receptions. 112, you know, 113. Double-digit receptions once again for him, but getting the big catch, as you mentioned, to get the Eagles into field goal range. Nelson Aguilar and Darius Sproles also with big catches on that drive. So, top to bottom there. This, this is one we're going to be talking about and remembering for a long time. The key is you just hope that it's going to be all for a playoff spot at the end of the day. So this reminds me, we're getting, we're coming up to the 10-year anniversary of 44-6, okay? Yeah, yep. When the Eagles need all those crazy things that happen on the last day of the regular season to get into the playoffs, it sort of feels like it's that type of feeling going into Week 17 here. So let's get a sense of what it's like over at Lincoln Financial Field. We're going to bring in Eagles insider Dave Spadaro and Amy Campbell and Dave just take us through your perspective, your vantage point of watching Nick Foles gut it out after taking the big hit and leading the Eagles to that game-winning drive.
4: Yeah, calm, cool, and collected, poised, everything that we've seen from Nick Foles throughout his time as a Philadelphia Eagles, spreading the football around. Some really, really big throws, and obviously critical times, third downs, getting the ball out quickly, spreading it around, and really just tormenting a Texans defense that came in. I felt the Eagles were going to go after the cornerbacks. They lost some players in the defensive secondary, and the Eagles – as you need to do, took advantage of great matchups.
5: Yeah, instant classic for Nick Foles, a game we'll be talking about forever. Of course, you guys mentioned the records that he set personally in franchise-wise and just amazing throws and amazing poise coming back in from that injury, that vicious hit. I mean, if that doesn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what does. It was an awesome performance from Nick Foles.
3: I tell you, Amy, great job on that offensive side of the ball. I know we'll be talking about them all show long, but I thought the defense came up with some big plays. Chris Long and Avante Maddox stood out to me on that side of the ball today. Avante Maddox with the tough job of trying to guard DeAndre Hopkins, and then Chris Long coming in with some big sacks, forced a fumble, that I thought was a big moment in the game where Fletcher Cox recovered that. Uh, Talk about the old guy and Chris Long and the young guy, and Avante Maddox and how they played today.
5: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's well said. You have the old guy and the young guy making amazing plays and, and big stops here. I think the, one of the big stats I looked at for the Texans today was that they were 3 of 10 on third down. So the Eagles really able to just hunker down and, and stop them uh, when to get the momentum going as well. And One of the things about this Texans team is when you look at the stat sheet after their games, they don't look like they win. But they're winning, and you have that fourth quarter Deshaun Watson that always comes into play. And so the fact that they were the Eagles were able to overcome that from the Texans today, I think, was huge for yeah, this team.
4: Yeah, and I, you know, frankly, like I was disappointed with the way the Eagles closed out defensively. I yeah. thought with a 29 to 16 lead, a 13 point lead, you have a chance to really finish them off, and they didn't. After the Josh Adams fumble, and then late in the game, another drive down the field. But yeah, you're right. There were some big plays. Just I want to see 60 minutes of complete defense. Did not see it today, really did not see it last week against the Rams either when the Eagles... Hung on for victory in Los Angeles.
5: and we have reason to feel nervous, when we see something like that happen, because we have seen them fall apart late in games, allow a lot of points, especially here at home. It's happened a few times this season. So the Eagles got that 13 point lead, and I am still very nervous at that point until they close it out. Every, and every game. And here we are, a one point game with three seconds to go, and, and I'm nervous at the end of the game yeah. again. So yeah, 60 minutes on both sides would be a nice thing to see.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Dave, it's going to take us a while, I think, to calm down. But what did you think? of Doug Pearson and his aggressive play calling today consistently early on going for a fourth down. And then on the other side, you have Bill O'Brien being much more conservative in chances where you figure with Deshaun Watson and his legs could have been able to get some of those fourth down conversions. Yeah,
4: I mean the Eagles were three of three on fourth downs in the first half. That's remarkable even For somebody as aggressive as Doug Peterson And I think you have to have that I mean, The Eagles are in a situation where they've got to score a lot of points Got to take some chances here I love the way they got Darren Sproles incorporated into the pass game They felt like they could move the chains Whenever they wanted Against this Texans defense As long as Nick got rid of the football And as long as Vitae Left tackle, Hulapulavati Vitae Gave him just enough time working against Jadavion Clowney That was a really tough matchup early in this game for the Eagles When Jason Peters went out Clowney feasted on Vitae for the first half. Vitae came back with a big second half.
5: Yeah, I think that's that's a great person to highlight. Like you said, he had a couple of rough moments in the first half, a couple of penalties that were actually pretty costly for this offense, stalling momentum and stalling drives. But being able to bounce back against a guy like Jadavian Clowney, who still continued to make an impact. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's about the timing of when those things happen, when he makes an impact. So he made his presence felt, but was it at costly times as much? No, it wasn't.
3: Yeah, and guys, talk about somebody being timely and making a great impact. How about Zach Ertz and what he was able to do today, setting the record, uh, the all-time record for tight ends, most catches in the season. 16 targets a day, 12 catches, 2 touchdowns, 110 yards. Uh, what else can you say about Zach Ertz that we haven't said and, uh, throughout and the delivering season in the
4: re- Delivering in the red zone, once again, this is the mark of a great tight end. He's scoring the football. And I'll tell you what's interesting about the Eagles' offense. We've seen Zach as the center point of the offense throughout the season at the expense of plays down the field. Today, Nick was able to still throw the ball down the field. Big play to Aguilar. Big plays to Alshon Jeffrey. Throwing the ball, taking chances, getting Dallas Goddard involved. Uh, look, I think Zach Ertz has come such a long way. And I'll point you to that game against the Cincinnati Bengals a few years ago. Vontez Perfect. Everybody criticized Zach for not blocking Perfect. And in that time, from then till now, He has become more aggressive better with the football in his hands, tougher and more physical. Yeah,
5: certainly a huge accomplishment for Zach Ertz. And, you know, just as soon as that milestone was accomplished, I'm imagining all the media going into the locker room and asking him about that. And he's not going to care if the team doesn't win this game. He's not going to care about that milestone. And every week he's always the first person to say, I'm the one that needs to look in the mirror, even though for many of these games he was the most productive pass catcher on this team. And so just a great accomplishment for an even better person who you just feel good about a guy like him accomplishing something like this.
2: Dave and Amy thank you so much happy holidays to both of you can't wait to listen to the Eagle Live podcast and read the On the Inside column which is going to delve into Foles' historic performance thanks again guys so Ike why don't we get into your takeaways from this victory and you know we talked about the offense we got to start right there and I think you know, Dave brought up a great point there at the end that Foles not only was able to move the chains, getting rid of the ball quickly, but still had some big explosive plays as well.
3: Yeah, I think that's obviously the first thing you take away from this football game is how well this offense looked. Now, we thought last week the offense looked the best that it looked all year. I thought that was a little hyperbole, but this week, there's no denying this is the most explosive this offense has looked all year, even with the running game struggling at times today. I thought Doug did a great job of sticking with it just to keep that tech Texans defense honest, but we knew the big plays were going to be through the air. You know, those cornerbacks over there for the Texans, a little long in the tooth, got banged up the day as well. So to be able to put the ball up the way they did and and really have the success they had. Two receivers, well, two guys over 100 yards in Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. Good to see Nelly back in the offense. Alshon almost had 100 yards himself. But it was really all about Nick Foles and the way Nick was throwing the ball. And I look at early in the game when he was able to hit Darren Sproles on those key uh, third and short, fourth uh, fourth and one plays where he's hitting Darren Sproles on that wheel route. Those are nice. Soft touch passes that Foles was able to deliver right to Sproles and allow him to run. So when you look at this game, Nick Foles is the biggest thing that stands out to me. He was outstanding today. His best game, in my opinion, by far, by far the best offensive game this team has shown this season with over 500 yards of offense. He,
2: he does not shy away from the spotlight whatsoever. Ike, right, let's go into your second takeaway. We've talked about Zach Ertz and his historic performance, <laughs> another 12 catches, but it's not like he's just padding his stats okay? He's getting catches in the red zone, as Dave mentioned a short time ago, and also on the final drive to get them in field goal range. So when they need clutch plays, Zach Gertz is willing to deliver. So obviously he can get you the numbers, but he also can step up in prime time.
3: Let me, let me, let me say this real clear. You're talking about the best weapon that we have on offense and Zach Ertz. All that other nonsense talk forget about that. Zach Ertz is the best offensive weapon that we have at the skill position. Does a great job of getting open every week. Even when the team knows that he's a big part of your game plan. They try to double team him. I saw where he was double teamed in the red zone. Uh, they put uh, the honey badger Tyron Matthew on him. They still found ways to get him the ball. I thought last week I enjoyed going down the field to Alshon and letting him do what he was doing. But I didn't think Zach was a big part of the offense last week. And a lot of this is about the game plan so the game plan this week was to get Ertz involved and it was big time for us today Key third down conversions. Big in the red zone. Two touchdowns for him today. I mean, man, record-setting day for him. Congratulations to Zach Ertz becoming the record holder for uh,
2: receptions by a tight end in the season. And wow. surpassing And surpassing a cowboy in Jason Witten in the process. His idol, is, nonetheless. Exactly. Yes. So, special right there. So, your third one, you know, we'll get into some of the bad from the game. Yeah. And that's taking care of the football. Something that the Eagles, you know, didn't do too well today. They were able to force... A couple turnovers. They had the one fumble there, you know, that uh, the strip check by Chris Long, and then also a turnover on downs. So that doesn't go in the books as a turnover, but right. still, really, is treated the same. But nonetheless, the Eagles' offense not taking care of the ball as well as they needed to, and it did almost cost them today.
3: Yeah, and you got to do a better job of that. When I look at uh, the other key factor in this game, take away from this game is being able to take care of the football. It's really the only reason the Texans were in this game late. Obviously, you give them seven points by the fumble there with, when Nick gets sacked down there, put the ball on the five-yard line, easy walk in for Deshaun Watson. And then Josh Adams, I know he's a young guy, rookie. He even had both hands on the ball, but you gotta do a better job of squeezing that thing. You know the Texans are trying to get the ball back. That's the only way they can get back in this game is if you give them a short field to work with. And then the interception by Nick. I know that's a throw he would love to have back, trying to make a play there to Zach. That's a throw that he he wants to have back. But, you know, that's the one thing they did last week against the Rams was take care of the football. And in order to close this season out on a high and really give themselves a chance to, to make the playoffs next week by going down there to take care of Washington. We got to take care of the football. You know, you usually don't win games in the NFL when you lose the turnover battle. Eagles lost that today. And especially when you turn the ball over three times in a game, it's difficult to win games like that. But that that just shows you how explosive this offense was today the that they were able to overcome some of those turnovers.
2: Indeed. And there's another great Offensive outing from the Eagles back-to-back weeks with Nick Foles in as the starting quarterback. There's something that you knew that you had the talent on this team. It was just a matter of bringing it to fruition and credit the coaches with their game plan the last couple of weeks, with the play calling the last couple of weeks, and getting guys like, like Darren Sproles. You, you talk about, you know, Is he someone who's done? You know, a lot of people, his critics, were all saying that, that Sproles had nothing left. And I remember when Sproles was, you know, activated and brought back into the lineup, guys like Brandon Graham on defense were like, we need all the playmakers that we can get. He is going to help us at some point down the stretch, and this was a few weeks back when he was just uh-huh. getting you know, back on the field. And sure enough, Darren Sproles answered the bell today, not just as a rusher but as a receiver, you know, the fourth down conversion, getting the touchdown there. In fact, uh, an interesting note on uh, his 37-yard touchdown reception, it was on a fourth down play. It was the longest-receiving touchdown by an eagle on a fourth down since, go back to your, your days, b ah. against Houston in 2002, fake the fake punt, 57-yarder. Yeah. So that's the last time yeah. that there was a long touchdown reception on a fourth down by an Eagle. So the longest since that Dawkins play right there. So, you know, we go about talk about adversity and how this team has dealt with it all season long. And we touched on it in the uh, talkback segment with Dave and Amy a few minutes ago. But the Eagles losing Jason Peters on the opening drive of the game. I yeah. mean, we're watching the game and we're sitting there like, wait, did Jason Peters... Play? We, we saw him on the first, the first play of the game, and then Vitae goes in. So apparently Peters must have reaggravated that quad injury. That's what the broadcast said. So ViTight goes in in a difficult matchup against Davion Clowney, the former number one overall pick, who typically is moved around the front, used as a joker, but when they knew they had that matchup, they were squaring in on that right there, so tough sledding. And not all of it was on Vitai. There were times when it was the block, it was a tight end who was blocking the situation, yeah. and that's who was matched up against Clowney. And unfortunately, that's going to be a mismatch right there. But still, for for the offense to still have the production that it did. It's reminiscent of the Super Bowl, almost, where you have Foles in that quarterback, Vitae's your left tackle. It's all almost trying to bring it back full circle as we're trying to rekindle some of the magic from that run as the Eagles look to try to get into the postseason once again.
3: Yeah, we're trying to, man. It's been a, it's been a tough season for the defending champs, and uh, we're realizing how difficult it is to repeat uh, as champions, but they're starting to play some of their best football all right uh, now.
2: Let's, we're sending it to the link, the victorious head coach, Doug Pearson, addressing the media. Doug, the (laughs) the
1: third-and-ten throw to uh, Nick's throw after he came back in the game to to Zach, can you kind of walk us through the call?
6: The last drive?
1: Yeah, the 20-yard pass to Ertz.
6: uh, Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, so, you know... um, just a call that's been in our offense. Um, again, thinking thinking of our playmakers. Obviously, you know uh, Alshon making a tremendous catch, and then and then uh, Ertz. Uh, the two defenders for Houston actually collided, um, and which allowed Zach to really really pop free. And, and Nick did a great job there of just being able to be patient in the pocket, find him, and and, and put up a good throw, and then uh, have the awareness of getting out of bounds. On the sideline, there, there's been a few tough fourth
3: quarters here. What were you thinking when? They-
6: we got time and timeouts again and uh have a lot of confidence in the offense you know it's something that uh, you know we we work on a lot is a two-minute drive and and tempo offense and um you know um this league has always been about about players making plays and and uh you know a lot of credit to the offense today for for putting us in that position to, to win this game
4: Nick, Nick always plays with calmness, with poise, but how impressive was it today, especially after he took that hit, had to come out, then to come back and direct the offense? You
6: know, that's just that's just Nick. Um, you know, he's always been calm, you know, in, in in and around the you know, his preparation during the week and then of course leading up to the game and you know, he, he's a guy that just wants to wants to continue to, to just help the team win and, and, and dish the ball and put it put it in our playmakers' hands and you know, um, really not not get much credit. Just just let the other guys do it. You know, and and uh, even after taking that hit and then going back in, uh, I thought it, it took a lot of a lot of courage. <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of courage and, and guts at that point to uh, want to finish the game and come back in. And uh, it's just credit to credit to Nick. What did he say when he came off the field for that one play? Um, I was getting Nate ready, so I didn't talk to him. Doug, do you guys think
4: you're your best football this season, right now, heading into
6: next week. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think you you know um, these last you know three, four, five games. I think things have um, kind of picked up for us. Uh, I do feel like that this time of the year, uh, you know, if you want any kind of momentum, um, you know, if you get a chance to go to the postseason, you, you, you need to be playing your best football now. And and um, I think that's uh, you know I think that's what we're doing at this time.
4: You had a lead for most of the game, but the pass-run ratio is pretty
6: lopsided in favor of pass. Is that because they were kind of depleted at, at corner? Did you see their rush defense today? 35 yards rushing the football. Not, it was hard. I'm not criticizing. Oh, oh okay, okay. I, I maybe maybe we need to run the ball more or something. But um, that's a tremendous defense now. It's a great group. That front seven, eight guys with their safeties, I mean, they, they, do, a, they do a really good job. They're... Um, uh, they create um, different angles for our offensive linemen, and, and so some of the things that we've been able to do uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, they just kind of took us out of it. And, and so, you know, I knew we we're going to have to we we're going to have to run the ball late in the game. You know, even when we went up the you know by the third thirteen there uh, twenty nine sixteen, I felt like we could you know get a little momentum, run the ball, uh, make them use timeouts. You know, maybe we could finish the game uh, at that point, but. Um, we, we we didn't do it. It was just great defense.
3: Two point conversion in the first half. Two questions. What made you go for that one? And was there an explanation as to why?
6: Was <coughs> like, uh, on the so, um, well, the uh, I wanted to go up six at that point, so that's really the the option there. Um, and then, um, yeah, you know, it's something we'll just have to take a look at. You know, we'll send we'll send it in tomorrow and, and see what see what we get back. But uh, um, nothing. It was for
1: 83 you, 83 yard two, uh, Aguilar was that a portable?
6: Yes. It was. Yes.
1: Lane Johnson on JJ today did a tremendous job. JJ's name didn't get called very
6: much. I will tell you, Lane, Lane had a great week of preparation. Got it. Got in the in the, in his mindset. He he's he, he's awesome. I mean, he, he's awesome. He he's a, he's a tremendous right tackle, and you know he's had to block some really, really, really good defensive ends uh this season um this was probably one of the uh probably the best one he's he's seen all season and and did a nice job did a really nice job and and uh it's a credit to him and um uh, well deserved what did Nick check out of on that audible it was just a coverage check that he saw uh something he, uh Houston had been running earlier in the game and and he saw it got to another got to another one of that got to a play that would attack that coverage and uh great protection and allowed him to get the ball down the field it was already a pass play it was a pass play to begin with yes
1: okay. yeah Zach uh, broke Witten's record tonight today what has he meant to your quarterbacks to have a guy particularly on third down and in the red zone that they know can get open and they can count on
6: yeah first of all it's uh it's a great honor for Zach and and um you know con- congratulations go to him you know but he, he's another one of those guys that very unselfish um quarterbacks do have a comfort level with him you know he, he seems to kind of be uh, that guy that that uh you know exactly where he's going to be and and um you know uh he, he's he's obviously great after the after the catch uh, runs great routes so you know for the quarterbacks to have that type of guy um again it just gives you that little comfort you know especially in, in crucial moments uh like you know the, the the corner route that he ran late in the game um it's just it's a one it's a credit to him uh for how hard he works and then and then his, his uh, uh relationship with our quarterbacks in the bathroom, what'd you say? i was just proud of him told him how proud i proud i was and you know um we had to we had to come through a lot of adversity today uh and 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 they hung in there they hung together as the game wore on our our team got tighter and tighter and tighter and played played well down the stretch and you know uh, it wasn't pretty obviously um you know, there were a lot of a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that went around, but but the bottom line was they, they found a way to win.
1: You've spoken to us in the past about having a, a certain feeling about your team. Are you seeing something now in these past five games uh, that gives you encouragement about your prospects here?
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, and, and part of the message in the locker room too is just, you know, I'm proud of the way – they come to work every day and and prepare that day it's wednesday or thursday or friday whatever it is they they prepare that way and and it pays off you know in these games and um you know our guys don't make plays that they made today if we don't practice those situations or at least put them in in situations to make those plays and practice and you know you're just seeing how a lot of our young guys are, are really maturing now and they're growing up and and they are they are contributing and making some plays and you know, it's not, again, it's not perfect. Uh, there's still some mistakes being made, but, you know, the veteran guys are rallying. The veteran guys are making plays. They're um, doing the things that, that we ask them to do, and that's, uh, for me, um, that's all I can ask for. The effort is there, obviously. Um, you know, the excitement is there, the passion for the game, the desire to win, and, you know, it's a resilient group. couple of other, please. It seems like a few times
1: this year in that resiliency, this group has been, at least playoff-wise, declared dead for the year. Even part of today, what does it say, and how proud are you
6: that you're going into week 17 with something to play for, still? Oh, it's it's everything. I mean, these guys are uh, so excited to be to be still, you know, in the hunt and and, and to really, um, you know, we talk about controlling things that we can control. Well, we get to control where you know our destiny a little bit. We get to make our own and create our own and 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 so that's 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 why I'm. You know, these guys never quit. You know they, they 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 don't quit, and um, it would have been easy, you know, today just to you know kind of let your guard down at the end and and, and not finish the game. But um, again, kind of goes back to your question. Just it's a veteran group, resilient group. They hang together and they find a way to win. And and uh, you know, as a head coach, that's what you can all you can ask for, really. Thanks.
2: You gotta give Doug a lot of credit. First and foremost, I cannot wait for the locker room celebration video that we will have on our social media channels, our digital channels at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I, I almost want to argue, we, should, we got to post that thing tonight, because you know right, it's got to be yeah, raucous me in to, there. You need man, yeah. Get that out there, but credit, Doug, for, again, a couple weeks ago, this team could have put it in the tank. You go back to the Giants game, down 19-3 to 3 in the first half. 19-3, to rallied back, okay, Jake Elliott gets the game-winner at that one. So that was probably the last one that involved a game-winning situation you were asking yeah. me earlier about and then to get themselves in position where, look, oh, it's not a win and they're in. It's still a win and they need some help at this point, but nonetheless that the fact that the Eagles are still in position – speaks volumes to the job that Doug has done keeping this football team together.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of questions about Doug out there, I think, unjustifiably so. Guy's a good coach, Super Bowl winning head coach. He coached the greatest coach of all time on the biggest stage. Uh, So we know Doug knows how to coach a football team. And I think, more importantly, his players respond to him. His players typically go out there and they play hard for him. He knows how to relate to these guys. He knows how to get the most out of them. Um, You know, I I think back to the last couple weeks and just the uh, practice schedule throughout the week. Great point. And and the fact that Doug is either giving him a day off when people didn't think they would get a day off last week after that Rams victory. He pushed practice back to give them more rest, and that has allowed them to come out and be fresher when they step out on the field. I'm telling you, the last two weeks, the job he's done as a coach to have his team ready, after that difficult loss against the Cowboys game, against the Cowboys, where they were exhausted, lost in overtime, to fly out to Los Angeles where no one's given them a chance. They're a two touchdown underdog, and the way they went out there and dominated the Rams, you gotta tip your cap to Doug Peterson. So some thought that they may have caught lightning in a bottle because Nick Foles was in there in the starting lineup, and they wouldn't necessarily bring the same energy this week versus the Texans, well, you were wrong. They came out today with the same type of energy, and I thought the offense was cooking, moving up and down the field. We mentioned uh, Doug's aggressiveness going forward on fourth down. Just look at the two coaches today and the way they handled this game. I thought Bill Bill O'Brien coached not to lose today, almost as if he was coaching from one of the old coaching manuals where you punt the ball when you're at this spot in the field. Well, Doug's the type of coach that goes off of his fit, uh, gut feeling. Sure, he has analytic numbers to support the decisions that he makes, but at the same time, as a coach, he understands when his offense has it rolling or the defense is on their heels, and he has the perfect play dialed up, ready to go. Four for four on fourth down. He set the new trend in the NFL from last year of being aggressive and going for it on fourth down. Guy doesn't get enough credit. You know, sometimes people forget what he just did a year ago. Guy is a very good football coach it's not easy getting the team motivated to play after they have won a championship the fact that they won't finish under 500 the fact that he's had to deal with injuries all year i felt i needed to take a little extra time to give him his credit as a head coach because we'll pass kudos around to all the players and rightfully so but there's a guy who's ultimately going to take the blame when things don't go well and that's the head coach so when they win a game like this when they play as well as they are he deserves the credit great job great job
2: Every show, I guess every show, <laughs> Ike brings that at one point or another. We get it early in the show that so everyone out there gets to see it. We're going to hear from Nick Foles and Zachers in just a little bit. But first, the hero at the end of the game, kicker Jake Elliott. Our Eagles entire day Spadaro, caught up with him on the field after the game-winning 35-yard field goal.
4: All right, once again, Jake Elliott delivers the game-winning field goal. How was it out there?
0: Man, I needed that one season on the line there so uh, you know we were, we were down by one and you know we, we missed that one earlier so luckily we had that and glad we got it I'm
4: starting to think that you like when games come down to the final moment <laughs> I mean that's what you live for as a kicker you gotta love these moments so uh, you know offense did a heck of a job once again getting us down the field Rick and Cam did a heck of a job getting it down awesome protection and we put it through and tell me about the kick was it pure and sweet yeah felt good Felt good off the foot.
2: Jake Elliott, Mr. Clutch, once again, the game-winning field goal today. Great bounce back for him after missing the extra point earlier in the game to have the chance to win to kind of rectify himself and certainly stepped up to the task. It seems like whenever there's been a big field goal at the end of a game, Elliott's always delivered in big time. Yeah,
3: you need those type of kickers. Like you said, you know, way to bounce back, missed the extra point earlier in the game, but to come down, ice water in his veins, able to kick that one in, yeah. Nice job there, Jakey.
2: You mentioned earlier that the Eagles were 4-for-4 four four on fourth down in this game. Let's not forget they were 9-of-16 on third down, including 2-for-2 two two on the game-winning drive. The one was the pass to Alshon Jeffrey over the middle, then add in the rough-in-the-passer call on Jaden Clowney, and then the 20-yard completion to Zach Ertz. Both plays third and 10. So the Eagles struggling to get the yards and early downs to try to get themselves in manageable situations. Didn't matter for Nikki Six yeah. today whatsoever there.
3: Cool, calm, and collective. Great job on that route, too. I thought it was a nice little concept there where the Texans are in man defense. They got uh, Tyron Matthew lined up on Zach Ertz there. But because of the little bunch set there, uh, Zach Ertz was was able to run a nice little rub route, causing the, uh, the linebacker and Tyron Matthew to run into each other. Tyron Matthew falls down. Zach Ertz wide open.
2: Big play there. Field go, goal
3: range. There you go. That's ball game.
2: Exactly. So let's get to our unsung heroes of the game. And uh, Ike, I'll let you start things off here.
3: Well, I'm gonna go with the old man, Chris Long. Man, Chris Long. We get we became so accustomed to him making these plays last year, where he would get the big strip sack late in the game, force a fumble. Game over. Uh, Did something very similar to that today when he got that sack on Deshaun Watson, his second one, and he's able to get that ball out of there. Fletcher Cox gets that from a recovery. I thought Chris Long was huge today. They needed some extra uh, pass rushers. Uh, Michael Bennett has been doing a fantastic job. We know what Fletcher Cox brings. Brandon Graham robbed up a sack today on a bogus, roughing the quarterback yes. penalty there. But Chris Long, they needed that extra speed uh, rusher coming off the edge. And against this uh, Houston Texans offensive line that have given up the most sacks in the league this year,
2: I thought, great job from the Wiley veteran. Thing about the Texans, great job of taking care of the football. We talk about how the Eagles have struggled with that. The Texans had not uh, had a turnover in four consecutive games coming into this contest. So the forced that fumble right there was huge. It led to Zach Ertz's second touchdown of the game, which made the score 29 to 16. And at the time, I'll be honest, I'm celebrating, thinking, "Oh yeah, they've got this." Okay, yeah. but as things have gone this season, the Eagles have taught us. We not so fast. Yeah, we we should know better right now, okay? Yes. What was it? You know, first time, you know, shame on you. Second sure, sure, time, shame, shame on me. me. Yes. It's, one, it's one of those third, fourth time, whatever it's been, you know, we should know better by this point in the year. I'm going to go offensive line here, and I'm going to go with number 65, Lane Johnson. Okay, he was ticked off. He was mad that he was not named to the Pro Bowl, and... I can understand because injuries have kind of limited his play, but he felt that he had played well enough while he was out there and the fact that he was an all-pro last season, that he should have deserved enough respect from around his, from around the league, from his teammates, around the league, his peers, that he should have been named to the Pro Bowl once again. Well, that wasn't the case, so he decided to take it out on J.J. Watt, the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You barely heard his name mentioned at all during the telecast, and because of the injury to Jason Peters, Big V, Halapulavati Vitat, needed all the help that he could get taking care of Jadeveon and Clowney on the other side. So Lane Johnson was left alone with Watt one on one many times throughout the course of the game. Lane came to play. Lane took care of the deal and made sure to erase JJ Watt to keep him, uh, keep Foles as clean as possible, and keep Watt off the uh, sack tally sheet because Watt, I think, had 14 and a half sacks coming to this game. So certainly big kudos to Lane Johnson for keeping foals clean and taking out a player who has disrupted many a game during his time in the NFL. So those are our un- unsung heroes, and it'll be interesting to see with the offensive line going to next week's game. Is this thing with Jason Pierre something that's going to linger? Will he be able to battle back? Or do you at least get Vitai ready to say all week, this is your show. Because right now, you look at that left side of the line, Stefan Wisniewski, he opened the season as a starter, right. You know was benched for Isaac Sayamalo. Sayamalo got hurt, missed the game once again, so Wiz has been back in there as a starter. And at left tackle, Peter's going down, so Vitae's stepping in. Guess what? This was your offensive line during the Super Bowl yeah. last year, from, from left to right here. So it's all coming together, it seems like, at the right time. The question is, will enough things happen to get the Eagles into the playoffs so they at least have a chance in the tournament?
3: Yeah, if I'm Big V, you need to be ready to go. I mean, Jason Peters obviously wants to play. He's going to do whatever he can to get out there on the field. But sometimes it's not just about when you're talking about Jason Peters. It's just not getting him to the game and starting the game. He's going to have to finish the game. And listen, 36 years old, long in the tooth. I saw a stat today where Jason Peters they did it. They they put up a, a chart where it said it had position players from 2004 yes. still in the league. Yes, to, from 2004 that's still in the league, and there's only one offensive tackle from 2004 that's still in the league, and he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's Jason Peters. So, guy's been around a long time. We know five years after he's done playing, he's more than likely headed to Canton, Ohio. But Big V, it's th- it's that time of the year that you need to be ready. You need to prepare. This week, as if you're going to be the starter. Jason Peters is going to do everything he can to get himself ready to play next week. You know the game is big. He wants to be a part of of it. But Big V, you know, as a backup, buddy, you got to be ready to go as if you're the starter.
2: That is right. So, speaking of Lane Johnson, Dave Spadaro caught up with him on the field after the Eagles win over the Texans. Let's go to that interview right now.
4: Here now with right tackle Lane Johnson. Lane, what was it like in the huddle there that last drive? Unsurprisingly calm. Uh, among all the chaos, all we wanted to do was try to get a field goal range. Um, we felt like we were pretty, pretty consistent, dinking and dunking, and and got it done. Great battle with J.J. Watt. What was it like for you today out there? Uh, it was a battle, exactly that, uh, the whole game from start to finish. So, uh, great player. Um, you know, I love going against great talent, and uh, you know, hats off to him. Lane, final game here at Lincoln Financial Field this season. What can you say to these great fans for the support they've shown once again this year? We're not finished yet. You gotta keep. You gotta keep watching. Anything can happen. We always battle to the very end, man. Lane Johnson, Eagles right tackle.
2: I feel like I'm watching Stone Cold Steve Austin there. You know, even with, with the drama, the way he speaks, it's like he's speaking to the crowd at like a wrestling match. <laughs> that's More, how he I, is, That's yeah. exactly him right there to a T. So let's talk about the defensive side of the football. Great job stopping the run. Neither team could get the run game going. Obviously, Deshaun Watson was able to make magic with his feet, but in terms of the running backs, nothing going. Tough sledding for both teams today. But what did you think of the Eagles' the inability to keep Watson contained? I thought they did an overall better job of it in the second half, yeah. but then you saw the one play, I think, I forget what the end result was. I think it was a pass to Hopkins on the left side in the oh, fourth man, quarter. Oh, that play was crazy. Where you he know, spin, spun three, it was three times. Yeah, yeah so he, tight end. He spun around three times. Okay? Yeah. It seemed like everyone had a chance at him, but he was able to break free to be able to get the pass away. Started 11
3: on that yeah, play, too. Yeah, exactly.
2: So you thought that was going to be the ball game. But your thoughts on the defense, not being able to keep contain on him, you know, very much plays like, like a, it was like watching Russell Wilson. And yeah. the struggles the Eagles have had with Wilson over the years, very much as it seemed like in the same vein. Watching uh, Watson out there today,
3: yeah, slightly less dangerous version of Russell Wilson because you know how Russell will take off if he needs to, but Deshaun is no different, man. I mean, Deshaun Watson, it's 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 what keeps defensive coordinators up late at night, you know, when they're trying to game plan for this guy because. You know, these defensive linemen, you know, they want to pin their ears back and just get after the quarterback. But you got to put in a game plan where you got to sometimes tell your D lineman to don't get up, don't don't rush up the field, rush to the level of a quarterback and wait and see where he's at. Keep him boxed in because, you know, if you rush past him, you're going to create running lanes for him and he's going to take off. And the dangerous thing with him is sometimes he's just... Uh, buying time to throw the ball down the field.
2: All right, let's head into the link. Zach Ertz speaking about his record-saving day now. Ball on your own
1: 11. I mean, what's going on in the huddle
7: at that point? Yeah, I mean, I think um, that that fourth quarter kind of, those circumstances, has kind of been the epitome of our season, and we did not blink. I mean, the guys in, in the huddle were so confident. Um, Foles was so confident. Everyone was so calm. that I mean, we've been in that situation so many times together. And no one flinched. And, I mean, I think that's the mark of a good team. Obviously, the season isn't exactly where we thought we would be. Um, but, I mean, a lot of guys would have kind of mailed it in. I mean, to be up 29-16 with four minutes left and to be down in the blink of an eye is tough. Um, but guys didn't blink. Uh, guys stay together. And, I mean, that's the mark of this team. We're always going to stick together. We truly care and love one another. Um, I think you guys can see that each time you interact with the guys in the locker room. Um, it's not an individual game for us by any means. Guys just want to play uh, to the best of their abilities so that for each other, and I think that's the mark of a great team. Zach, what
4: happened when Nick came back in the huddle
7: after getting knocked down? Yeah, I mean, obviously the place went crazy, uh, but we just wanted to make sure he was good. And I think the way he jogged off the field, everyone thought he was going to be good, um, sat out of play and came back and led us down the field like he seems to do. Um, I mean, he played out of his mind to set the franchise record for passing hours. Incredible. Um, he's just an unbelievable player, unbelievable person. He's so calm. His demeanor is so calm, and he's a really good player. What
4: was the third down call to you?
7: Um, it was just kind of the scissors corner route that we always have post by number one. I had a corner. Uh, Darren was to the flat. Um, I had been taking a lot of inside releases against him, um, so I kind of sold the inside release, kind of threw him inside, and I think he kind of ran into the linebacker. Um, I think he tried to... Something happened where my feet got tangled up, and so I was kind of off balance. And Nick just kind of laid the ball out there, allowed me to run under it, um, and I was able to stay in bounds and make the play. And I tried to get out of bounds in that situation. As far
0: as religious records,
7: um, I don't think I've truly, I don't think I've truly come to grips with it yet. I mean, one thing I do know, um, I'm thankful to my Lord and Savior uh, Jesus Christ um, for allowing me to be here. Um, I'm thankful for everyone that's helped me along the way. The one thing I do know is I didn't get here by myself. I mean, Jason Witten has been a a huge part of this. Um, So technically, I think a part of him still has the record. Um, Brent Selleck has been huge for me. Um, There's just been so many people along the way that have helped me that I'm just eternally grateful for. Um, But like I said, what I do know is that I didn't do this by myself. Uh, I think it truly takes a village Um, to become a professional athlete, Uh, my family, my wife. I'm so thankful for everyone that's helped me along the way. Um, And it is special, though. I mean, having that record is something that hopefully it will last a while. Um, But if not, I'll be happy for the next guy to do it. Um, But it is special.
4: Have you heard from Jason yet?
7: Uh, I haven't really checked my phone yet. Um, So I don't know. You were involved throughout the game, you know, offensively, especially early on. Was that part of the game plan
1: was that something you saw that you could take advantage of some matchups out? um
7: you know they're a big zone team they're a big zone defense and finding zones is kind of something that I take a lot of pride in um but I mean they're a really good defense that front four those front seven guys really really talented Clowney Watt uh, McKinnon really talented players we weren't able to run the ball probably as efficiently as we wanted to um, we didn't run the ball great um so it most of that was due to their talent and their front seven so we kind of had to pass the ball more um and I'm just glad we won the game that is the bottom line to have that that many targets and catches and to win the game feels really really good um and that is what I love the second
1: touchdown Zach uh, you got wide open uh how much of that was the motion going the other way that kind of Threw them
7: off? I, mean- um, I think the motion was a part of it. I think Alshon, being as big and physical as he is, the guy kind of ran into him. Um, he didn't mean to pick him by any means. He just kind of ran into Alshon. Um, the jet motion, I think, threw him off a little bit. Um, but Nick just kind of lofted it out there. I thought I was going to get hit when I saw no one was around me. I tried to make a play. Um, and when you're that, I think when you're that, uh, I think when you see the goal line like that, um, I'm just always trying to make a play for the team. Um, guys blocked their butt off downfield, um, and I was just happy we scored.
1: Jack, exactly. you guys have won for your last five now and rolling a little bit, Be still, you know, it's, it's not just you. You guys have to hope some other things happen. How tough is that to, to be playing this well finally as a team and have to rely on other people?
7: Yeah, like you said, I mean, it is tough. It's tough not to really control your own destiny. Uh, but at the same time, if you focus on everything else that's going on, and then we have a slip-up because we're not focused on our job, and it's really not going to matter. Um, so we've said for a while now every game is a must-win game. Um, that That's the way we've approached these past five games. I mean, we were 4-6 and six at one point after the Saints when we just got smacked down there, and no one quit. Um, everyone was focused on, on just doing their job better, and I think that's the mark of a good team. Obviously... We need some help, and hopefully, we do get some help. But at the same time, we're focused on beating the Redskins, uh, putting together a really good week of practice. Um, because, I mean, we practice really hard. That's I think that's the that is the um, I think I think that's the hallmark of this team—the uh, way we practice each and every week—and. Um, Hopefully, I mean, we just need to go there and win. We can't look at it if the Bears win, and or if the Vikings win, or if the Seahawks lose twice. Um, we just got to focus on being the best team we can next week against the Redskins, against another really talented front, um, and some. I mean, that defense is extremely talented.
4: What is it about Nick that makes the the team rally around him?
7: Um, he's extremely calm. Um, he's always exuding positivity. Uh, not. I mean, it's hard to. Talk well about one guy, and then um, it, it seems the comments are going to come off as demeaning another, so I don't want to do that by any means. I just want to solely focus on Nick. Um, he's, he's playing at an extremely high level. Um, we love playing for him because he's always exuding that positivity. And guys love playing for him. I mean, he's always going to give us a chance on those jump balls, those 50-50 balls. Um, And I think he just ultimately trusts us to make plays. And he's done that for years here. Um, And he's a really talented quarterback.
1: What have you noticed out of him during the week uh, on the sidelines, that
7: kind of thing? I mean, he is the first guy helping out Nick. Um, What he sees um, in the game plan, he's there early trying to help those guys out trying to help, uh, I think, just with the game plan. So he's still in that same uh, role where he's getting there extremely early, staying late, um, helping those guys out any way he can. Um, I mean, it, it, and I think that's the mark of a, of, of a leader. Um, no matter what's going on individually, he's always focused on the team. And... I think that's why guys respect him so much. I mean, he's been through a ton of adversity. Um, but at the same time, everyone knows he's the leader of this team. He's a franchise. Um, and when and if he gets back this year, I can't wait to play with him. Um, but at the same time, Nick is playing extremely well, and we're pumped to have both of them.
2: Thanks, the yeah. Go ahead.
7: All right.
2: All right, what a day for Zach Ertz, setting the... We we were wondering when it was going to come, okay? He came into this game with 101 receptions on the season, needed nine to tie Jason Witten's record for most catches by a tight end in a single season in NFL history. Well, early third quarter, first play of the second half, in fact, he sets the record and then adds to it, 12 catches on the day, another double-digit receiving day for him, and a lot of people thought that well, Nick Foles is coming in at quarterback instead of Carson Wentz. That's going to be the end of Ertz's run. If you go back to the beginning of the season, the games against the Falcons and the Bucks. Ertz was heavily involved in the offense, and certainly he took a backseat last week in the win over the Rams to get the guys on the outside more involved. But today, against a defense that was fifth in the league in scoring defense, and points allowed coming into this contest, you knew that you had to move the change because if you got to the red zone, Texans were tied for 26 in red zone defense, okay? So once you can get the ball inside the 20, you would be able to score on them. And Zachers did just that and also added a couple big plays. He scored once in the red zone at a 20-yard reception on the final drive. So top to bottom, just a great day and just a great player. I mean, we're talking about someone who's probably going to be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. He's going to shatter... Oh, yeah. All the receiving records for the team. When all is said and done, again, he's setting now the benchmark for most catches by a tight end, and we're we're in the golden era of tight ends in the NFL. Going from Tony Gonzalez, and you look at the the names on that list of the guys he surpassed this season. So the fact that he has climbed over those players, you you mentioned earlier he beat his idol, the guy he he looked up to as a role model, and Jason Witten for the record. So kudos to him for someone who is not just a championship player on the field, but you look at what he's done in the community. He and Julie Ertz setting up the Ertz Family Foundation to help Communities in need throughout the country and the world with the work they're doing in Haiti as well. So, just a top notch character individual, a great locker room guy. This is the guy that you want to have as one of the foundational pieces of your franchise.
3: Yeah, best tight end in football. Now, you know, we don't need to say arguably anymore. You know, best tight end in football. Uh, The numbers will bear itself out. I expect him to be first team, all Pro this year for the first time in his career as the number one tight end in football, and he's deserving of it. It's not easy to play that position in this league when you are the focal point of the offense. It's one thing if you have weapons on the outside, which allows you as a tight end to operate uh, in zone defenses without any any defenses focusing in on you. But Zach Ertz is the number one uh, weapon, on on the Eagles offensive side of the ball and teams going to every game trying to take away number 86 and most weeks they just can't do it and so don't think that this week the Houston Texans decided well, we're not going to cover number 86 we'll just let everybody else uh, we'll, we'll stop everybody else and let 86 get his no they had double coverage on him at times they put one of their better athletes on him and Tyron Matthew at times and it did not matter Zach Ertz if that ball is in his catch radius, he is typically coming down with the ball. And we continue to see, bit by bit, he's adding the run after the catch. The second touchdown that he got where he caught the ball about 15, 20 yards short of the end zone and was able to make some moves and get in the end zone. What a block by yeah. Alshon
2: on that play, by the way. Great job Amazing by his teammates
3: block. blocking down the field. Uh, just, you know, kudos to Zach. Like you said, great guy, great on and off the field. Um I know the Eagles organization know exactly what they have in Zach Ertz, and they certainly appreciate it. We as fans have better recognize what we have in this guy. He's, he's um, a grade-A player on the field, even better quality uh, of a teammate and, and a person off the field. We're lucky he's wearing midnight green.
2: Yes, indeed. Speaking of Tyron Matthew, he was the guy in coverage on Nelson Aguilar's huge touchdown. We really haven't touched on That's this. That's a mistake. And, you know, <laughs> the, the explosive plays coming back to the offense once again, Alshon Jeffrey with a 50 plus yard reception, a catch and run. But when the Eagles need to break the tie in the second half, how about Nelson Aguilar? We're finally seeing that vertical speed, that ability to stretch the field. That's that's something that has been lacking from this offense for most of the year. You give Foles credit for turning the ball loose, willing to take those chances. Well, Nelson Aguilar, it was a dime of a throw to Aguilar. Okay, he hauled it in. You know, Tyron Matthew fell down afterwards. So Nelson Aguilar just basically stood at the goal line, turned around a la the Cardinals game, I think it was last year, and just fell in the back of the end zone to cap off the touchdown. Had a couple other clutch catches for the team. So, again, going over 100 yards, two receivers going over 100 yards. But Nelson Aguilar, just one of the, the X factors for the Eagles today. You know you have your stars and Ertz and Jeffrey, but you need those other guys to make big plays, and Aguilar was one of those guys today.
3: Well, I know the Texans must have been scratching their heads like, who do we cover? You know, you got number 86 you got to worry about in Zach Ertz. You got Golden Tate out there. You got Alshon Jeffrey out there. And then you got Nelson Aguilar who can certainly go down the field. And they found a a matchup where they were able to get Nelson matched up one-on-one with Tyron Matthew. Now, if you do that in a – 10-yard box you know Tyron Matthew may be able to stay with Nelson Aguilar but you start getting down the field yeah Tyron Matthew is a safety not a cornerback there's no way he's going to be able to keep up with Nelson Aguilar good job by Nick Foles recognizing the single high coverage could have gone to Zach Ertz who was crossing the middle of the field there also in one-on-one coverage but decided to give Nelson the opportunity to make a play and like you said Nick Basically playing fearless, taking that shot, recognizing that coverage back there, and saying I'm gonna let my guy go up and make a play. Nelson, great job making the play there. And then I love the little nasty plunge he does when he falls into the end zone.
2: Yes, indeed. So go, going back looking at the defensive effort here, it, it's interesting because you know how short the Eagles are in the secondary. Okay, and Avante Maddox, you know, started last week at corner. You know, fared well against the likes of Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. This week, a much bigger, more difficult task. And I say bigger in terms of just size alone because, you know, Maddox has given up height to the guys like, you know, Demarius Thomas and, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best receiver in football. And some of the catches he made today were just simply outstanding. You know, and you needed the defensive line to get the pressure on Deshaun Watson. The problem was, every time they got the pressure on him, he was able to flush his way out of the pocket and use his legs to uh, to turn out some big gains there. But overall, though, It was also interesting because it's adding pressure onto the offense and Nick Foles knowing that they have to sustain those drives. The Eagles dominating the time of possession battle once again, and they they almost needed to. Even though 32-30 doesn't sound like a huge shootout, it's not the 51-45 we saw from the Chiefs and Rams, but it felt like the Eagles knew that every time they had the ball, they had to sustain drives, at least get a couple first downs, or put, put points on the board because of the fact that the Eagles being shorthanded on defense, you know, can only do so much to limit the explosiveness that the Texans did present. So, again, I thought they did a better job in the second half, but then in the fourth quarter, we saw some leakage there, especially in the secondary. Some of it was on Watson and the amazing plays. We talked about that time where he, he spun around three times and you know, was able to convert a third and in long into a 22-yard gain, but still, you know, when you're looking down the stretch at a possible playoff run, it'll be inter- interesting to see what kind of gas this defense will have left for going against some of these potential high-powered offenses.
3: Listen, I don't want to get into next year because we're a long way from that. But I do know one thing. That number 29 out there? He's a starter. He's a starting cornerback. He is a starting cornerback.
2: When you say starting cornerback, are you saying outside corner? Yes. Or saying- outside corner. When I seen him
3: matched up on DeAndre Hopkins out there, and he went up and played bump and run coverage on him, and then when Deshaun Watson tried to throw an out route to him, he basically had to overthrow him because it would have been an interception. That's the, that's the tight-knit coverage Maddox had on DeAndre Hopkins out there. And listen, you said it. DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in football. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you Avante Maddox shut down DeAndre Hopkins. He certainly got his catches and his yards. But I'll tell you what, first look. Those catches and yards didn't come when twenty nine was covering him. <laughs> twenty nine was over there like a blanket on him. Had one play in zone coverage where he came off of DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson was trying to hit the number two receiver on the out route, and Avante Maddox almost had the interception Hell. there, hitting right in his hands. That's why he plays corner and not wide out. But man, <laughs> you just look at his 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 ability to to change direction, his ability to get down in that stance and break on the football when he sees that it's thrown. You know, most cornerbacks, you line up across from DeAndre Hopkins, you're, you're a little nervous, especially as a rookie, and you want to sort of play off so that you can react to everything. I saw him mix the coverages up on DeAndre Hopkins out there. He played off sometimes. He played up on the line, wasn't afraid to challenging at the line of scrimmage, so much to the point that Houston recognized this, and they started moving Hopkins to the other side of the offensive uh, formation. So, man, 29, that's two weeks in a row. You've seen him play on the outside against some of the best receivers last week, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. They tried him multiple times with uh, uh, Reynolds uh, last week. Mm-hmm. They couldn't convert on him this week. Not very many throws down the field. Anything they call on Avante Maddox this week was pretty much underneath, and you'll sort of give that up. So, man, I'm loving the way Maddox is playing. We had watched him play safety, and we were impressed with, with him having the ability to adjust and play safety for the first time ever. But, man, watching him play corner, I didn't realize he had – that type of foot speed and that type of reaction uh, and, and instincts at the cornerback position. Watching him out there the last couple of weeks, I'm excited to see some more of him out there because, man, we haven't seen that type of technique and and at that position, you know, on a consistent basis, we we just hadn't.
2: No, I think what's interesting is he played outside that pit. He right. didn't play nickel. He didn't play safety. He was an outside corner. Okay, he was good at taking the ball away. The thing is, when you look at his size a lot of people automatically said is, he's your nickel corn?" And I think that's what the Eagles paid for him to be. Yeah at some point down the line. But he has proven himself to be comfortable on the outside, like you mentioned, with the, the physicality he brings to the position, the technique, the awareness of the position. That And there are corners that size who oh, have thrived one, in the league.
3: One of my former teammates, I played with him when he first came into the league, undrafted player, right out of this area, Shippingsburg, Brent Grimes.
2: Yep, that's what Brent, I was going to bring Brent,
3: up. But Brent Grimes can't be taller than five. five. I mean, I don't know what his exact, exact height is, but I know he's short, but he's a great <laughs> athlete. He's a yes. great athlete. And I can remember watching him in training camp. And Emmett Thomas was our coach down there in Atlanta. And Emmett loved him. He loved him. I'm like, man, he's a short guy. But Emmett loved his technique. He loved the fact that he wasn't afraid to get up and challenge receivers. And, what, over a decade or something later, he's been to multiple Pro Bowls. He's been an all-pro uh, player. Still so, in the league. Yeah, still in the league to this day, Brent Grimes. So size doesn't necessarily matter. If you're a smart football player and you play fearless and you're not afraid to get up and challenge guys, man, you don't worry about your height. Because the one thing Avante Maddox knows – He's been short all his life, so he's he's adjusted to, to his height. It's like Darren Sproles. He's been that size his whole life, so yep. it doesn't bother him. Ryan Westbrook is another guy that it, it sort of reminds me of. Guys like that. They don't allow those limitations to be placed on them to tell them they can't do something. What they do is they accept the challenge and they go out to prove coaches, players, scouts, whomever wrong that they can play. And Avante Maddox, man, I know it's early. I don't want to overreact to him, but just two weeks of watching him play on the outside, you really get to see some of his coverage skills. Because playing safety, you really don't know, but playing out there on that corner against some you of the guys, real quick. man, and against some of the guys he's had to go up against. Uh, he's gotten tested the last two weeks
2: and he's passed it with flying colors. Also getting back to the defense here, some more reinforcements coming. Tim Jernigan back yeah. in the lineup, helping with that run there. defense yeah. and you're hoping that you know he can stay healthy and bring it for the last game of the regular season next week in Washington and Jordan Hicks, Jordan Hicks. having a tip pass and a nice open field tackle. You still saw felt Nigel Bram still definitely had more snaps. He was the dime linebacker mm-hmm. out there for the defense, but still, you know, you need that, that leadership that playmaking ability that Hicks has, it's great to see both of those guys. You're trying to get stronger up the middle here, down the stretch. Great to see Jordan can help with that run defense and Hicks with that coverage ability being able to give you some some quality snaps today.
3: Yeah, you just got to hope that it's not too late. You, you want to yeah. be playing, obviously, your best football this time of the year, and the Eagles seem to be getting healthy, starting to get guys back out there, especially on that defensive side of the ball, which is really uh, – hampered them all year long, you know, guys shuffling guys in and out of the lineup makes it very difficult for the defensive coordinator and Jim Swartz to come up with a game plan, use his full arsenal uh, in his playbook, because when you're trying to learn the personnel that's being brought in week to week like it was in the secondary, it's difficult for a coach when he doesn't really know what you're good at doing versus what you're not good at doing, so it kind of handcuffs him as to what he can call out there, So I, and that's why I've been tipping my cap to Jim Swartz. The job he's been doing this year, you know, people complain about not bringing extra guys for pressure or what have you. But the fact that he's losing guys or he's lost guys week after week after week and and he's really, his unit has kept you in the game every week. Sure, you'll like them to finish some games a little bit better. But again, I I remind you, he's playing shorthanded, especially in the secondary and uh, to be able to come up with coverages. And to be able to put guys in position so that they can excel and make plays—it's not easy to do. I mean, there's guys out there right now. Chris, it's 74. I didn't even know who 74 was today. I'm like, who was 74 on this team? He had a big sack today on Deshaun Watson. So you know, Deshaun I, Hall coming, yeah, to a former
2: third-round pick.
3: I, I just think, I just think what the defensive coordinator has been able to do this year with these guys and these guys responding to him out there—I uh, think it's been nothing short. Than commendable because, listen, I when you get injuries that can decimate a defense real quick and uh, to slow down quarterback like Deshaun Watson stop this running game today. I mean, really, the last couple weeks of defense starting to get turnovers too. Was that like seven turnovers? They had three against the Cowboys, I believe, also. So to get turnovers the way they had the last three weeks, that's what you need. That's what they were doing last year that they hadn't been doing all year. And you can see it starting to come around now.
2: All right, we're waiting here from quarterback Nick Foles. So we'll talk about the playoff picture here for a moment here. So the Eagles, because of Dallas, Dallas winning, clinches the Cowboys the NFC East. So they've won the division. So the Eagles, at best, can get a wild card spot. Minnesota. They were able to hold on to beat Detroit, so they are 8-6-1. So the Eagles would still need to win next week, and hopefully Minnesota loses. That would give the Eagles the edge over Minnesota. The Eagles can still get the edge over the Seahawks, who play the Chiefs tonight on Sunday Night Football, if the Seahawks lose their final two games, and of course if the Eagles win next week. So the Eagles have to win next week, first and foremost. They are not getting in the postseason without being Washington next week. The Eagles, while they can't win the division... Can still finish with a fifth seed, okay, mm-hmm. if they're able. If the Vikings lose and the Seahawks drop their final two games, and of course if the Eagles win their game against Washington next week.
3: So, if the Seahawks win tonight, are they in? Are they locked in they at nine and six?
2: Nine hundred percent sure
3: on that one. So, because okay. I, I think they have the tiebreaker over the Eagles because of conference record. So I think they may have they may have the edge. I'm not sure if they actually can clinch if they beat mm-hmm. Kansas City tonight, but we still know there's one spot that'll definitely be open. So next week the Eagles will do a little bit of scoreboard watching, but yes. got to take care of business and, and, down in Washington.
2: And, and because of what happened earlier this season, you know, blowing sure. the leads against yeah. Carolina and Tennessee, that's put them in this position where certainly you could say if they had won one of those games, yeah. they would be on their way, but the journey wouldn't be what it is without those difficult losses along the way to get them to this point. So, like you said, the Eagles are playing their best football at this time of year. The offense is clicking. The defense is generating takeaways. I I felt all year, for the most part, the defense was playing the same level as it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, Even though it was undermanned, especially along the defensive line, you don't have the waves. You don't have the different lines of defensive linemen coming after the quarterback this year. It's been pretty much... Brandon Graham, Michael Bennett, Chris yeah. Long. Those have been your guys on the edges. And you, you would have a, a Josh Sweat as a rotational guy. You would have, uh, we talk about uh, Deshaun Hall now coming in as a rotational guy. But those have been your three main core guys. And, and those are some older, crafty veterans here in the league playing a lot of snaps. And then inside, you haven't had Tim Jernigan for all but two games this year. So right. it's really been the Fletcher Cox show. You know, first and foremost, in the middle there. And you have other guys like like Nada, and we're seeing Trayvon Hester had, had a sack today. Bruce Hector, some some other guys have been helping as complimentary pieces. Obviously, Graham and Bennett can move inside if need be on pass rushdowns. But for the most part, it's been the stalwarts along the defensive line holding it, down, holding it all together there.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just been that type of year where we saw last year the Eagles had this, the deepest – defensive front in the game, the best defensive line in the game. They went eight deep last year. And, uh, injuries will do that to you. They will deplete your roster. They'll deplete any position. And to have a couple injuries at that position, Derek Barnett, Haloti nata has been banged up. You mentioned Tim Jernigan being banged up. That certainly, uh, has depleted the depth on the, uh, the roster. But you gotta give those old guys a lot of credit, man. They aren't making any excuses. They, they're being asked to play more plays, um, than, thought coming into the season and for the most part i think they've held up you know the thing i always say about defense the the defensive front and the back seven they work hand in hand right so when you want your defensive front to be dominating sometimes that back seven has to force the quarterback to hold the ball a little bit longer If the quarterback is able to get rid of the ball quick, that sort of neutralizes what your defensive line can do. And vice versa, you got a defensive line that's dominating up front, that's going to help your secondary out and not force them to cover as long. So it works hand in hand, and sometimes we don't know which is first the chicken or the egg, right, which came first. Yes. We, we don't know. I guess we'll put it on the defensive uh, line to put them up front because that's where it typically starts that up front. But uh, when you look at Cox, when you look at Brandon Graham, when you look at Michael Bennett and Chris Long, um, had you lost either one of those guys for any extended period of time this year, I don't know if the Eagles would be where they are no,
2: right now. not whatsoever. It's amazing we've gone this long in the show, as thrilling as this comfort behind victory was that we haven't talked about the referees. Okay. We we, we don't need it's to because spend a, they won. That's what it is, of <laughs> yes, course. Yes. We don't need to spend a ton of time, but but some very difficult calls, especially in the first half yeah. where it happened on you know back to back drives where Nick Foles, you know Nick Foles was going on the two point conversion and Jadivin Clowney basically ripped off his helmet, jerking his neck back, wasn't called whatsoever, and they showed the referees right there staring at the play, it was clear as day for them to see, not making the call there. And then on the next drive, Brandon Graham coming in and coming calling for the helmet to helmet hit. You know, some tough breaks for the Eagles that, that made the game much closer than it had to be. So speaking of Nick Foles, let's send it over to the link, the hero himself, number nine, addressing the media at Lincoln Financial Field.
1: Uh, Doug said
8: that you checked from one play to another. What did you see uh, in the coverage? Ed, what did you check to? Yeah, I just saw uh, a unique coverage that they play. Um, and, you know, we had a play in our arsenal that, you know, wasn't the one that was called. And I felt like, you know, I had time on the clock to check it and really take a shot with, you know, some speed, you know, with Nelly. And, uh, you know, we were able to execute it. And you now we made an amazing play and finished it off with a touchdown. And, you know, it was really just all of us being on the same page, recognizing the coverage, understanding how to run the route. And, you know, the line gave me time to, you know, throw it. So it was awesome. It took quite a shot in the, in the sternum there. Um, how severe of a hit was that? and How were you able to get up from that? Oh, it was a great hit. Um, yeah, he got a good one on me. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, trainers got out there. I was able to get my breath back, uh, back my you know ribs a little sore, but all in all I feel great. Um, was able to you know I have to go out for a play and Nate went in and you know great experience for him to go into a game. Um, but then I was ready to roll. I felt I feel great. The
1: crowd's reaction kind of willing you back in, in into that thing.
8: Uh, I'll, have, I'll have to like see a, a different copy. I was more focused on just the people in front of me and knowing if we caught the ball or not. I had no clue if Alshon had caught it or. Not anything so I was trying to figure out what the scenario was but the crowd was amazing today um, it's always a you know it's always a joy to come out here and play in the link and wear this jersey and you know they were they were amazing um, and you know we're grateful for that.
6: How did the x-rays turn
8: out? I'm great. I feel great.
1: They how much pace pace were you on that last drive after you came back
8: in? Uh, I, f- I felt really good you know once I was able to move around a little bit I felt really good and was excited to get back out there with the guys. You know, a lot
1: of
0: players talk about how calm you are on the field but how tough was it for you to uh, to keep your calm after that two-point conversion try, and uh, how, how much did that fire you
8: Yeah, I mean, that's not what i normally do, but I also know that, you know, John and I had to talk later. You know, it's, it's hard for them to see every angle, and I understand that. Uh, I was just a little upset, and I, I shouldn't do that, but, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was fired up a little bit. You know, it's a game. You know, we're we're going out there to win um, against, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL right now, so we were able to, you know, Calm back down, get the crowd going, um, and ultimately get a W. To go from having them come back on you and then you guys come back
4: and get that win in the last seconds,
6: what's what's that like for you guys to go through that? Yeah, I mean, Uh, I think the
8: thing I talk about a lot is adversity um, and just sticking together as a team, communication. And I think we saw a lot of that tonight. We saw a team that stuck together through all the ups and downs of the game. Um, we saw, you know, Jake Elliott, who's one of the best kickers in the league, you know, miss the an extra point. And then all of a sudden our, our team um, gave him an ability at the end of the game and he has to kick the game winner. That's what this team's about, is just sticking together, um, loving one another, doing that every single play, not worrying about anything else but the play called. And, uh, you know, th- it was on full display today. Uh, you you want I, I got you. Third
1: and ten throw on the last drive to Zach, uh, Nick. Surprised he was that wide
8: open? Well, there was a lot of stumbling going on. So, like, as I was releasing, I tried to put a little bit more air on it because I was hoping he would keep his feet. Um, but, you know, the the defender, Zach ran a great route. The defender stumbled. Zach was able to keep his feet and make a play, and that, that was a huge part of the game. But, uh you know, anytime he's running a route, I expect him to win. So you going to talk with the ref after the, the two-point conversion. What did, what did you say to him about that play? I, I just asked him if he saw what I felt. And <laughs> he didn't at the time, but we had a great conversation later. It's, you know, it's a hard job to see everything. So they did the best they could.
6: Exactly. More, which, which hurt more, that, that or the hit uh, at or the end of the game? It. Which hurt more, that or
8: the Oh, I feel play? great. Body feels great. So nothing's hurting. So I'm Your good. said
1: so, yeah. that when you went on the field at the end, everybody was real calm and confident yeah. about marching ball down the
8: Yeah, the big thing I talked to the guys about is just being in the moment. Um, when we're in the huddle, that's all you worry about. Just worry about that play. You can't. You know, you can't do it all at once. Just focus on that play. F- trust each other, and uh, yeah, it was calm in the huddle. I mean, there's chaos going all around, but we're able to keep it calm in the huddle, and that- that's important in a game like that, especially when you're going down in a two-minute drill to win a game where it's been, you know, back and forth, and it's been a battle. Um, you know, everyone did a great job executing that last drive. So you
4: you physically- expect to play
8: Sunday then? Uh, you know what? That's all up to coach. I'll let him talk on everything. But physically, you think physically, you think- I feel, I feel good. great. I feel great. I feel great. Yes
6: chance again in this starting role now and possibly next week breaking the all-time single game passing record and a chance to <clears throat> take this team to the playoffs again. How special is this? Because we don't know what your future is after this year.
8: Yeah, I think that, you know, I've said it many times, just staying in the moment. Um, I'm fortunate to work with great people, for, fortunate to have great teammates, everyone at the Care facility. Um, it, it's really been a joy throughout my career to, you know, be in that facility, be there um, and work with everyone. Um, so yeah i mean i'm just really just staying in this moment i'm gonna enjoy you know christmas with my family um you know my daughter my wife those are the things that are so important to me i'm getting to, i haven't seen them yet um so i'm excited to go you know my mom dad little sister here my niece so that's the things that are that are really special especially this time of year just going to embrace them and spend time with them so it's the stuff i'm looking forward to other
4: players have talked like, about other players talking about how they how you inspired them um uh, long shrine, shrine to oh. you this week. This week. Kind of One, what what you think of the shrine? And two, do you get the feeling? Uh do you get that feeling from the other players
8: in the locker room? Uh Chris is a character. We have a long history together. Um love him. Um I, I think the big thing is I just want to be me. Um I want the guys to know that when I go in there they're that's who I am. Um, you know, when I step in the huddle I'm not gonna change when I'm you know, we're at a restaurant or out in public, like I want to be who I am. I want to be genuine. And I think that, you know, that's, that's a powerful thing. Um, there's a lot of times where we try to be politically correct and, you know, we don't get to show our personalities. Um, I know Doug says, it, I know Andy Reid says it, um, but they always taught me, you know, let your personality show, you know, we all come together as a team, um, we have X's and No's, but the way teams win is there's personalities. Let them show, let them play, stick to, with one another. And you're seeing a lot of that throughout the game. You're seeing a lot of that in practice and meetings. And, th- and that's really important. That's what a family is. Everyone's different, but everyone can come together in a uh, common goal. So um, tonight was a, a fun night for all of us to do that. last
0: the season,
8: yeah, did it occur to you with this the last time Yeah, it did. It did. Um, Uh, it's emotional um like i said i love playing in philly um i I knew this was you know there's a chance this could be it and you know i don't think about the future but i I am aware of that because this city means a lot to me this team means a lot to me wearing that jersey means a lot to me a couple weeks ago when i ran out of the tunnel um i didn't expect to play i didn't you know i was i'm there to support the team and do what i can and i got emotional then because i knew that there's a chance it's coming to an end, but at the end of the day, I am very grateful for every opportunity to play here, to play in front of our fans, to wear that jersey no matter what. No one can ever take that away from me. Um, and this was a special one tonight. I don't know what the future holds. I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm just gonna focus on now, enjoy just being in Philadelphia, enjoy the people, enjoy wearing this jersey, because um, it's some of the most special moments of my life. If it, if it, if it is, yeah. is your last
3: game year, you go out setting the franchise record for passing yards in the game. What does
8: that mean to you? I think the big thing is you just, you know, I always look at records as who's involved. It's not just me. There's a lot of guys that made an amazing amount of plays. The line gave me protection. Um, you know, each game is a different entity. Some games you got to rush for three touchdowns. You don't throw any. Some games, you know, you don't get any passing yards, but somehow you win. And in some, games, some days or some games you just have to light it up. And this was one of those games, um, you know, I always think back to my teammates, the people who are there, the coaches that put us in the position, talking on the sidelines. So that's what it means to me is the people that are involved. And obviously, you know, it's a team thing.
1: Time for a couple more questions. questions. You've been been around Zach for a lot of years. Um, He he obviously broke the record for tight ends. Uh, What's what's your impression of what he accomplished
8: this year? It's amazing. I mean, you know, and especially to break uh, the record that was held by someone that he looked up to as a kid. And now Zach gets to be a person that kids look up to. Um, There's a lot of kids out there probably, you know, middle school, elementary school, high school football, they're looking at Zach Ertz and, like, what he does. And he's impacting a lot of people by not only how he plays but what he says after he breaks records. And that's the thing that's the most amazing to me. Um, But I'm super proud of him. Um, He's had an amazing career. He's had an amazing year. And, uh, you know, we still have work to do. Nick,
1: after you threw your interception, it seemed like you went
2: around to the team and, and, and had a word with them on the sideline. Is that accurate? And if so, what
8: was your message? Yeah, it's just like, hey, let's just keep going. I think the most important thing sometimes when quarterbacks throw interceptions or something happens, everyone's like, is he all right? Because, I mean, it's a, it's a big play in a game. Um, I just, you know, bad throw, um, bad decision. And I think the big thing is just reassuring, hey, we're good. Let's just keep going. Let's keep playing. Let's forget about it. Have a short memory. And uh, like I said, when we're in that huddle, that's the eye of the storm. Let's keep it calm. Let's just focus on the play. We're in this together. That's the adversity we talk about, and that's all it is. And the team that can overcome adversity the best is usually the one that wins. Take
6: one more if we have it. I think it just took about one more shot at a playoff game this week. You guys know what's in front of you. Just, what's that mean for you guys?
8: Uh, it means everything. Just to play another game as an Eagle means everything to us. Um, but a lot of the different things, you know, we can't control a lot of the scenarios. All we can control about is our preparation, what we do on a day-in and day-out basis at the Novocare facility, getting ready for the next game. So um, this week, more than anything, just staying in the moment, controlling what we can control, you know, enjoying the moment with one another. That's what it's about. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you all. Merry Christmas. Merry
2: Christmas. All right. Nick Falls addressing the media after his record setting 471 yard performance that ended with the game winning drive as the final seconds ticked off the clock. Just a brilliant, brilliant performance. And uh, Ike, we're actually going to hear from head coach Doug Pearson, in his one on one interview with Mike Quick in just a few moments. But first, uh, the way that Nick sounded in that press conference, talking about the memories and, you know, appreciating the opportunity to put the jersey on. You have to wonder if Carson Wentz, okay, we haven't talked about him to this point. If Carson Wentz is healthy, in my estimation, he's the quarterback next week. No question about it. What, what are your thoughts on that situation? Because certainly a lot of fans are probably thinking at this point, Foles has to be the guy. Well, i tell you what.
3: I'm with you on that. But yes. As a matter of fact, when, when when Carson is healthy, just as Doug has said repeatedly, I believe he will be the starting quarterback, as he should be. But, man, I'm sitting there listening to Nick. I'm sitting there watching him at that podium. And, man, I love me some Nicky Six, man. Go I course. love Nick Foles. Love watching him play. I love his approach uh, to the game. I love how he loves his teammates, how he loves playing here. And him. And because of the Cowboys winning – uh, earlier today, yeah, this will more than likely be Nick Foles' last time he plays as an Eagle uh, in Lincoln Financial Field. Now, we don't know what the future holds, whether or not he'll be back, now, all that stuff will work itself out in the offseason, but there is that possibility that he could have suited up for the last time as an Eagle in Lincoln Financial Field, and I'm glad that that was somewhat in the back of his mind. I talked about talked about this on my radio show earlier this week, not just for Nick, but for several guys, right? that have pending free agencies coming up, and they they aren't going to let it consume their thinking throughout the week. But I remember my last year, the I Super Bowl year ask you here. About this, yeah, yeah it's the championship game. It's in sure. the back of your mind that this is the last time that I could be walking out on the field. Uh, to play in front of these these awesome fans. And so t- for Nick to put on the performance that he did today, man, uh, he, put, he did what, what Nick Foles typically does, man. When there's a big moment there and he needs to rise to the occasion, he has no problem rising to the occasion. Franchise record for yards today, four touchdown passes today. I mean, big play after big play. If, and I say if, with air quotes, if it is his last time playing, uh, in Lincoln Financial Field as an eagle. What a way to go out, That's man. What it. a, what an awesome way, uh, to go out. And, um, I don't know what, what the future lies, the immediate future, meaning next week. Uh, I know Carson has to be chomping at the bit, but the organization is going to do what they think is in his best interest and the organization's best interest moving forward because there is a bigger picture here, which is Carson Wentz's health. Uh, moving forward, I tell you what, it is a great problem to have, right? When you know you have two guys that, no matter who lines up under center, you feel comfortable, confident that they can lead you to victory. I tell you, I wouldn't want to be Doug right now because, uh, well, i tell you what, it, no, I, the,
2: how the can you be wrong?
3: You can't go wrong with whoever you go with.
2: Carson's a guy. That's the thing. Sure. If Carson is healthy, this goes back to how Doug has qualified it, if there's no chance for him to further injure himself, mm-hmm. okay, and that's the biggest thing because you're 100% right about the big picture that Wentz is a franchise. If there's no further risk, you're putting him, he's the guy. Week mm-hmm. 17, he's the one who helped them get in position here, okay, bounce it back from the ACL and LCL injuries. He's my guy in week 17 in a win and possibly get-in situation for this football team. If he's not good, it's easy decision. You yeah. go back to Nick for another week. I, I think it's pretty cut and dry and the from thing, that standpoint.
3: The thing I love about it is there is no controversy. Sure, there is during the job that I do throughout the week. We, we can create some of that stuff.
2: This is Sports Radio Gold for years. Yes,
3: but for this team and where it matters the most at, These players, there is no controversy. These coaching staff, there is no controversy. And the best part is that this team supports, regardless, whomever is behind center. And they feel they can win with whomever lines up under center. We know what Nick has done on the biggest of stages. And we know the talent that Carson Wentz possesses as the starting quarterback moving forward here. So we are in a great position. Whomever is under center next week against the Redskins, I think, we're in a good position to win that football game. We're going to need some things to sort of fall our way with some other teams. Of course. But I feel good about next week from the Eagles' standpoint, taking on the Redskins. I think we're, we're in a good position. Team is playing well. Not just the last two games, Chris. Think about it. They've won four out of the last five games. So they're going through their best stretch of the season right now. We against, just hope it's not too late. Against,
2: if you were to say a couple of weeks ago, that you're gonna beat the Rams and the Texans, mm-hmm. both league in the division, both in the number two seeds in the conference at the respective time with so much to play for, one game in Los Angeles, the other one here at the link. Now, most people said no chance the yeah. guys would pull it off, and they've done it in a thrilling fashion in back to back weeks. So Doug Pearson. We talked about him for most of the show here with the brilliant play calling, the aggressive nature of his play calling today, especially when you contrast it and compare it to what Bill O'Brien did for the Texans. Uh, Doug Peterson spoke with Hall of Fame wide receiver Mike Quick. It's our weekly one on one interview post game. Let's send you all to that right now.
1: Coach, first of all, congratulations. Did we Thank
6: need you. so much drama in this game? <laughs> you really don't. Sometimes we make this thing too hard um, on ourselves, quite frankly, with a, especially with a two-score lead like we had. But, you know, it's a... Uh, um, it's a resilient group, as we know. We've talked about that all season, and yeah. uh, they find a way to win. I mean, it's a, uh, a lot of individual efforts today, but but quite frankly, this was a great team win. How important
1: was it for you to get Darren Sproles out in well, first involved in the offense and in space the way you
6: got him today? Yeah, I think it's important each week. You know, we, we're still um, giving him more and more kind of each week. Kind of, we've been kind of easing him back, and you know, with the injury, just don't want to push him. But after these last couple of weeks, he can definitely take a little more on his on his plate and. You know he can be a, he can be a matchup nightmare sometimes yep. for for defenders and especially linebackers and um, you know it's 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 sometimes it's a uh, you know a safety blanket for the quarterback too knowing where your running backs are going to be as far as the passing game goes and then to make that long run he did at the end to uh, to put us really into field goal range uh, is something that uh, is a credit to him and, and uh, just a great job.
1: You knew that defense at front seven Clowney those guys could wreck the defense or, or wreck your offense. He got some early. What made the difference late in the game, though, where he wasn't nearly as effective?
6: You know, I think I think you know when you get in those situations that uh, first of all, Clowney and, and J.J. Watt, these these are tremendous players. Yep. These guys are tremendous, and, and uh, um, you know, J.J. kind of kind of had his way a little bit early in this football game, and you know, really the, the whole game, I guess I should say. But you know, I think I think it comes a time where um, you know and they started moving him around too late in mm-hmm. the game. So once you start moving him around, you. You know, you pushing them through the middle of the pocket. I understand what they're trying to do is put a little pressure up the middle. And He's a long guy. He could probably bat some balls down. But um, great job by our offensive line, just handling him late in the game and allowing Nick to, to complete some balls.
1: You talked about the individual performances in Nick himself, throwing for 471 yards on the day. How big was his performance? And then coming back in after that big hit.
6: Yeah, you know, I mean, Nick had a tremendous game. I think he set a, a record today for for Eagles as far as the passing goes and yardage and all that. And I'm happy for him. And you know, he'll be the first to tell you that he credits everybody else. His, you know, that's just that's just Nick. You know, he credits his receivers, his line, his backs, everybody else. And you know, that's the thing about it is, you know, he's that point guard that just wants to distribute the ball. He wants to get the ball in his playmakers' hands and and let them let them do the work. And you know, it just a, it's just—it's a credit to him. He gets the ball out of his hand, and um, you know, it's probably more again about about the team kind of hanging together yep. and being resilient and and really making plays for Nick. I mean, you know, you, you put a pass up, and Alshon just elevates again right. late in the game, makes comes down with a huge huge catch. I mean, those are those are just things that our our, our playmakers are starting to do.
1: Their offense centered around Watson and of course Hopkins, but you're able to limit them somewhat. What was the plan
6: with? Uh, with their quarterback, well, number one thing is we 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 try. You try to keep him in the pocket. Yes. Um, and and if you can't, then you have to try to get him down in space. And there were times today where we didn't do a very good job of either one. Uh, now credit credit him. He's a tremendous athlete. He broke out of some tackles today that are just kind of wild moments, you know. And and uh, he's going to continue to grow and get better. But you know, if you can, can kind of isolate him and control him, keep him in the pocket. Um, you can get him on the ground and, and force him to make some erratic throws. But uh, he, he's a special player. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Hopkins is another one of those receivers that can be very explosive. Um, you know, late in the game, they, they went after him a little bit and targeted him a little bit more. And, you know, um, that's what you do. You, you put the ball in your playmaker's hands.
1: I have to ask you about. Not necessarily the play calls, anyone in particular, but when you have to go through the adversity that you have to go through when you're getting those calls that go against you, what do you tell your guys? How do you keep your guys up in those situations?
6: I just keep telling them that we just got to continue to to fight through it. I mean, that's all you can do. you know, sometimes a call is going to go against you. Sometimes it's going to go in your favor. We just yep. got to kind of block it out, block out the noise, and just, just move on to the next play. It's like making a bad play. If you make a bad play, don't focus on it. Move forward. Let's get better the next time. Thanks, Coach. Thank Quick. The most
2: candid that you will see Doug Pearson each and every week is that one-on-one interview with Mike Quick. So we got some things on the playoff front situated, uh, you know, squared away during the breaks there. So Seattle, you had asked before about Seattle, a win tonight over the Chiefs Sunday night football. They are in that they all have their spot locked up, and then at that point it would be Eagles must win, Vikings must lose. That that would be it right there. The Vikings play the Bears. The Bears still have the uh, possible first round bye to play for, so that's that's the key that you're looking for yeah. from that standpoint here. Uh, and then the, the Seahawks again they play tonight against the Chiefs. Next week it's against the Cardinals, um, and then the Vikings right there. Eight six and one. They got the win over Detroit today. Thanks Detroit for nothing. Uh, but they play <laughs> the Bears next week there. So it's it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Certainly you hope that maybe the Chiefs, maybe Andy Reid could do do us a solid, give Doug a solid, yeah, you know, and yeah.
3: you know take care of the uh, Seahawks tonight. Take
2: care of the Seahawks and, and make things a little bit easier to give the Eagles another another avenue to be able to get into sure. the postseason. And the Eagles could still finish as high as a fifth seed so the division's out at this point. Okay. Dallas has won the NFC East. So be it. You know, it would be great. This this would be this would be the dream come true if the Eagles could somehow get the fifth seed, which again, it would be Seahawks have to lose their final two. Minnesota loses next week, Eagles Eagles win. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would give the Eagles the fifth seed. Cowboys was locked into that four-seat, four-place-five in the wild-card round. Would you love to go to Jerry World there in a couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. the third crack at the Cowboys. Yes, you
3: know we want another Power crack at those it. guys. Yes, you know that. We would love to have another crack at those guys. Just get in, though, honestly. We obviously just, uh, yes. Want, yes. just want to get in, but I'm with you there, the matchup. It's
2: the holiday season. I'm, I'm dreaming, okay? No, no, I'm with you. you know, I'm with the you. The gift, the gift. You know, you could say, this reminds me, what, one of my favorite games to cover for my years here,
3: and plus, that's better than going to Chicago. That's,
2: yes. Yeah, that's the that, <laughs> absolute it. truth.
3: Hey, on a Saturday night in Chicago, Certainly. that's not no. good. In, no.
2: in, in wintertime, no thanks no. whatsoever. But, you know, one of my favorite games covering was the Jeff Garcia Christmas game yeah. that clinched the NFC East for the Eagles that 2006 season. Okay, that came on Christmas Day, two days away from, from the Christmas holiday. Nick Foles delivering a nice little gift here, so to speak here, to, again, give the Eagles a chance to keep hope alive going into the final week of the regular season, which, for me, like, you know, about a month ago, probably, it was really after that Saints loss, okay? Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm thinking, just make these games meaningful. Give, give the fans something to cheer for, give them something to believe in. You know, you don't want to be playing out the string, Right. In week sixteen and seventeen, and just totally changing the the mood and the atmosphere of for everyone in the city. Because obviously, it was so great going through the Super Bowl run a year ago, and the memories that we'll always have from that. But you want you want a little more, okay? Oh, we've yeah. had we've had the taste. We 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 want to keep getting to the postseason play is great. Yeah, you post want post yes.
3: postseason play? You get in, and then you see what happens after you get in. I just look back to last year as great as or as good as Kansas City was in the regular season, Tennessee goes to Kansas City and wins in the first round. Yes, And so that's why I love the playoffs because it's single game elimination. Doesn't matter what you did all season long. Typically the teams that are playing the best football late in the year are the most dangerous teams especially in that first round. That's why you saw Atlanta knock off the Rams last year in the first round. I just mentioned Tennessee knocking off the Chiefs. Stuff like that happens in that wild-card round. And with the Eagles, if they were to win next week, they would have won five out of their last six games heading into the postseason if they were uh, able to qualify. So that's sort of what you want to be doing. Uh, just get in and let the chips fall where they may. And I guarantee you, no one wants to wants to play the defending champs if they get into the playoffs. No,
2: not at all whatsoever. So again, the Eagles have to win next week, going, going into today, no matter what happened today. Yeah, there, was this, there was, believe it or not, a scenario where if the Eagles lost today, there would still be a chance. No, the Eagles— That's over. That's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. Eagles won, took care of business, but they still have to win next week in Washington, and it will be interesting to see how they respond after such a deflating loss yesterday to Tennessee.
3: Yeah, uh, I've been in that position before, Chris, uh, down in Atlanta. And uh, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of packing this week down in D.C. They'll be getting ready for the offseason. Yeah. Right? I mean, Josh Johnson, he'll be happy. He had not played football in years. I mean, he's just happy to be back on the roster. So he may be a one-man crew out there next week. But everyone else, guys, when they know that they have nothing to play for and their season is over with, the last thing they want to do is get injured and to be stuck in the city that they play in for the whole offseason rehabbing. So, um I would I would imagine Washington will start the game off giving the old good college try, but if the Eagles were to get up on them early, uh, I, I, packing I, they're packing it in. They're, they're packing it in. They have no reason to fight. They know that they're pretty much eliminated from playoff contention. I expect the Eagles to go down there and really play a dominant game. It, it's really going to boil down to whether or not Chicago helps us out and takes care of the Minnesota Vikings. So I I really do expect the Eagles to go down there and win next yeah, week. Yeah,
2: so right now the game is scheduled for 1 o'clock. The, the NFL can flex games. One week in advance for Week 17, uh, the one game of note is Tennessee-Indianapolis. That's probably the one that's going to get flexed to the primetime spot. Yeah. Usually that's announced just before tonight's primetime game, before the uh, the Chiefs and the Seahawks. So we'll wait to hear on that. But there's a chance the Eagles could get flexed to the late afternoon slot next week. So that all remains to be seen. So we started off the show... With Merrill Reese's call of Jake Elliott's game-winning 35-yard field goal. Let's go through the rest of the best of Merrill Cam, thanks to Sports Radio 94 WIP, providing the footage from the booth here with Merrill Reese and Mike Quick.
0: This is fourth down and about two. Foles takes it. He's back. He fires out. He's got spoiled. 30, 25, 20,
1: 15, 10. Touch back at the five. He's in! Mighty miles took it in. How sweet is that? 37 yards! How sweet is that? Darren Sproles catched it, and there's an opportunity for the linebacker to make a play. Sproles is able to get by him, get down the sideline, and once he gets down the sideline out in space, you're not going to get him on the ground. He gets it into the end zone for the touchdown. Foles takes the snap. He's back. He looks. He fires. Complete touchdown, Zach Ertz! lot of work, but they, they got, it, got it done. They they did it the hard way. <laughs> they did it the hard way. You know, they line up a bunch on the left side, and Zach Ertz runs a little Texas route. He angles to the outside, comes back in, very similar to the route that they tried to get into, Darren Sproles, and he gets the touchdown.
0: With 5.57 remaining here in the third quarter, and this will be a 46-yard attempt. Make it 47 As the holder, Cameron Johnston, backs up one more yard. 47-yard attempt to make it 16 apiece. Ball is spotted. Kick is away. And the kick is good. We're tied at 16. Two and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. 16-16. First and 10, Eagles. Ball at their own 17. Sproles position to the left of Foles. Foles straight back. He looks. Steps up. Starts to run. He is going deep. He is firing and it is caught. It is Aguilar at the 20, 15, 10, 5 Touchdown, Nelson Aguilar!
1: That's what he's been asking for all afternoon. I saw him talking to Mike Grove because Nelson knows that he can outrun this defense. He blows the top off of this defense. Nick Foles drops in a dime to Nelson Aguilar.
0: Watson back again, here comes the rush, he's hit, football is loose, it's a free ball, the Eagles have it, and it is picked up by Fletcher Cox, who runs out of bounds, and the Eagles get their turnover. Ertz back, he is floating it, and it's complete to Ertz, Ertz at the 10, Ertz at the 5,
1: Ertz to the end zone, another touchdown for Zach Ertz. (laughs) This is the best piece piece of running I've ever seen by Zach Hurst. He catches a little flat route. He gets upfield. He avoids the linebacker, and then he avoids the safety.
0: Ball at the 21. Watson in the gun. Blue to his left. Watson drops. Watson looks. He's grabbed. They've got him back at the 32. It is Trayvon Hester. Watson's back. Watson steps up. He's starting to run. He's tackled, and he's down at the
1: 44-yard line by Chris Long. Chris Long did it again. You know, he had the strip sack earlier in the game.
0: Hold your breath. Spotted. Kicked up. It is gone! It's gone! The Eagles win!
1: What an outstanding football game. Now, that's a fun game. That... That's outstanding. The Eagles on 11 plays, Mr. Reese, they go 72 yards. Jake Elliott topped it off with a 35-yard bomb right through the uprights. Last week's game was in Los
0: Angeles. This one was strictly out of Hollywood.
2: Thanks again to Sports Radio 94 WP. And how many more people can we fit in the booth there? Oh, that was a <laughs> party! <there> was <laughs> that was a party by the end of that Merrill Cam segment right there. So, uh, if you missed any of it, we will have it for you later on on philadelphiaeels.com and the app. So, as the 2018 calendar year starts to come to a close, you know you can follow this under things that we didn't think we would see. I. How about the New England Patriots thanking Nick Foles? And you go back to, obviously, Foles and his MVP performance in the Super Bowl, you'd be like, that's never going to take place. But by virtue of Foles' performance and the Eagles winning today, the Patriots, they clinched the AFC East, and they are now in the number two spot in the AFC, uh, bumping back the Texans there. Because so. they beat the Texans earlier yes. this year. Yeah, so, so they own the tiebreaker. So, in fact, the, uh, the the picture that went with the tweet, with none other than Tom Brady hugging Nick Foles, How which about that? you know didn't happen at the Super Bowl.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, That was the preseason game exactly, this year. Yes, yes. yes. So, get that photo op.
2: We'll just leave it right there. So... What we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick commercial break. We have some film breakdown segments courtesy of Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell, and we also have the nominees for the Toyota Player of the Game Award. So there's going be a lot of debating for that one there. So if you're following us on Facebook or Twitter, you need to come on over to PhiladelphiaEagles.com or the app to watch the rest of the show. We'll give you a few minutes to get situated as we take our first break. The life of a Philly sports fan is a wild ride. Some years we
6: triumph, some years we trust. What never changes year after year is how we get to the game. Shoulder to shoulder with our fellow fans on SEPTA. Get your ride started at iSEPTAPhilly.com. Well, I'm
1: trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong. sometimes I realize that the further I go, That I know that I want to go home.
6: When you and your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect
3: adds up.
4: Hit the beach this spring with me, Dave Spadero, Eagles alumni and current players. Travel to now Larimar Punta Cana in the beautiful Dominican Republic for a getaway full of special activities and VIP events. Packages include round-trip nonstop air, resort transfers, unlimited luxury hotel accommodations, plus all meals and drinks. Go to applevacations.com slash eagles to book your trip today.
0: Mm. Sorry, but this new Dunkin' Latte is too delicious to take away from my mouth.
6: How's your day going, though? New handcrafted medium cappuccinos and lattes for $2 from 2 to 6 p.m.
2: At Santander Bank, we want you to prosper. That's why we treat you and your money with respect. Learn more about how respect adds up at Santander by visiting SantanderBank.com. McDonald's, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so welcome back to the show. We've showed you some of the highlights. We've heard from all the players and coaches who are key in bringing the Eagles the 32 to the 30 victory. So, why don't we do like a little film breakdown? We're going to send it over to the Rico whiteboard for the Rico review, where Fran Duffy and NFL Film senior producer Greg Cosell are standing by to give us the film breakdown of Nelson Aguilar's 83 yard touchdown reception. So the Eagles get the ball back now tied
4: at 16, and we're going to see this big play. This is actually the biggest pass play, Greg, since 2010 for this team, 83 yards from Nick Foles to Nelson Aguilar. Break down what we see here and what makes this play happen for Nelson.
9: It's really interesting because what the Eagles are are doing here, they line up with Alshon Jeffrey as the X, the X-ISO, the single receiver to the boundary, which is his predominant position. Sure. But well, what's interesting about this is how the Texans react to that on this given play is they're going to go with a dedicated double on Jeffrey with the corner, obviously, but this safety here is doubling Jeffrey, a hard, dedicated double. So now what does that do? They have trips to the field. They've got Ertz inside, and they've got Nelson Aguilar right here. Those are the key people. So, But if you see now, because of this safety, dedicating the double onto Jeffrey, you get basically man-to-man, zero man. There's no help over the top of any of these players. So that whole area is wide open. So now what we'll do is we can clear this, Fran, and we can run the play and keep your eye on all this. And if we freeze it, as we see right about here, so what happens? There's the double, clear. Here's Ertz with Justin Reed, the safety, running with him. So what does that do with Aguilar? He's now one-on-one running the deep post against Terran Matthew, and there's no help. So that's where Nick Foles is looking, and he has to move and navigate the pocket. He does it beautifully, but he's waiting for that to all happen because he knows he has the one-on-one with the deep post to Aguilar versus Matthew. So let's now run this. This is a great throw, by the way, because this is a long-distance throw, and he drops it right in the bucket Beautifully thrown ball, but very interesting how the Texans would play that.
4: Yeah, anytime you're running a deep post route down the middle of the field from an inside receiver, you want that to go right between right. the pipes and then went right between the hatches. Beautiful oh, no throw. question.
9: And, and if, that, if that post safety is removed, as he was with the double, then there's no one there. Yeah,
4: big play there from Nick Fulce and Nelson Aguilar. T- sends the Eagles ahead now,
2: 23-16. All right, you can check out the entire All-22 review tomorrow morning right here on PhiladelphiaEagles dot and the Eels app and Ike we, we talked about that play earlier in the show before seeing that film breakdown. You said correctly he had Zach on the play. Certainly yeah. on the on the corner route would have been able to hit him on that. But the fact of the matter is if you're gonna go big, go big or go home and you know Nelson Aguilar stepping up in the biggest because I it's not just the touch that Nick put on the ball, but but it was a phenomenal job by Aguilar catching the ball over his shoulders there, and then being able to finish off. Tyron Matthew, obviously, the one-on-one coverage at that point, he was in the dust, so Aguilar yeah. was just uh, taking some time off the clock. Yeah,
3: man, it, it was great to see that. Remind me of a play he made last year, right? Was it, uh, I can't remember, it was San Francisco or Denver might have been that Nelson made the big play, or even Arizona when he fell into yeah. the end zone. But the fact that Car- uh, Carson, <laughs> the fact that Nick, was willing to give him an opportunity to to make a play on the ball. Like you said, it's one thing to put the ball up there, put a nice touch on it, it's not as easy as it may look for a wide receiver to track that deep ball. Seen plenty of wide receivers in this league that can't track a deep ball. The best in the game, in my opinion, has been Deshaun Jackson over the last decade of tracking deep balls. And that play right there reminded me a lot of what Deshaun looked like running down the field, catching those deep passes. So um, it was great to see that back in the game, back into the offensive uh, repertoire. It really forces these defenses to respect you going deep. The formation it was a great formation there. Like I said, you had Zach Ertz on going across. If, if, uh, if Nick wanted to go there, he certainly could have gone there, probably would have completed the ball. But the thing that we all love about Nick, he's more than willing to take chances down the field and give his players an opportunity to make plays. That's what he did there, gave Nelson an opportunity to make a play.
2: I, I just love the fact that the play call from the standpoint of you spread out The Texans defense, okay, very under, we talk about the Eagles secondary being undermanned. The Texans had a ton of injuries coming into this game in the secondary and lost corners and secondary members throughout the the course of the contest today. So you spread out that Texans defense and you say, all right, they're going to double Alshon. Fine. He's out of the equation. You've got three one-on-one matchups across the board. Take your shot. Take your shot and go with it from there. So uh, kudos to Nick and Alshon for delivering the big play. That gave the Eagles the lead in the second half, and of course they went on to win 32-30. to Now the question is, Nick Foles, Nelson Aguilar, are they in the running for the Toyota Player of the Week nomination? We're going to tell you right after this final break here on the Post Game Show, presented by Rico.
6: These new handcrafted Dunkin' Espresso drinks are really good.
0: I
2: know.
6: Last time I was this surprised when I found out Gary's 48 years old. Mm,
4: yeah. Okay, clients
5: are coming in, tucking your shirt. <laughs> just,
6: just do it. New handcrafted medium cappuccinos and lattes for $2 from 2 to 6 p.m.
5: Come see what's happening at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher, like fresher meat and seafood and fresher produce, including organic. And our butchers cut our USDA-choice Lancaster beef in-store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Shop on game day and save 5% at Acme when wearing your Eagles apparel.
1: Well, I'm trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong, sometimes I realize. And the further I go, the more that I know, that I want to go home.
3: When you and your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up.
6: The life of a Philly sports fan is a wild ride. Some years we triumph. Some years we trust. What never changes year after year is how we get to the game shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with our fellow fans on SEPTA. Get your ride started at iSEPTAPhilly.com.
2: This season, the Eagles High School Football Showdown presented by Rothman Orthopedics at Jefferson Health celebrated local high school football coaches and their teams. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com showdown to check out the weekly results and videos and to find out which coach will be selected as the coach of the year. Now is your chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to philadelphiaeagles.com/slash/toyota player of the week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand new Toyota. So, where do we begin? You gotta start with number nine, Nicky Six himself. Look at the numbers: franchise single game record, 471 passing yards, four touchdowns, over 70 percent completion percentage. A gutsy effort on the final drive. Eagles down 30-29, to taking the shot in the end zone, had to come out for one play. Nate Suddfeld, how about Nate Suffolk throwing the ball in his one rep out there on the field? (laughs) Love it. But nonetheless, though, Foles coming back in, getting key third-down conversions to Alshon Jeffrey on that drive to Zach Ertz and setting Jake Elliott up to get the game-winning 35-yard field goal.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about Nick today, and rightfully so. Um, Wow. Last two weeks, Nick Foles, man. Um, Just another outstanding performance to set the franchise record uh, for passing yards in the game, to go along with four touchdowns. And not only that, just the the, the key clutch throws late in the game that Nick Foles was able to make big throw after big throw, time after time. Um, Just another outstanding job from Nick.
2: Look, there there was no run game today. Texans' run defense, outstanding. This was on Nick Foles' shoulders. And he delivered in a big way. So the recipient of a lot of those passes is our second nominee, tight end Zach Gertz. And, you know, just from setting the record for most receptions by a tight end in NFL history, that alone would have warranted consideration for it. But 12 catches on 16 targets, over 100 yards receiving two touchdowns, including a big catch and run. And he also had a huge 20-yard reception on a third down on the final drive, which really set them up in field goal range.
3: Yeah, another great job from Zach Ertz. You know, you want to make sure that you appreciate what Zach Ertz is doing this year. And week to week, sometimes you see his numbers, and we can sort of take it for granted uh, because he seems to put up these type of big numbers every week. But just having a historical season Uh, Really an all-pro season, in my opinion. Best tight end in football. Best tight end in football. You talked about the big catch right there to set up the field goal. Another outstanding game. Zach Ertz.
2: So, last but not least, the man who put the ball through the uprights to win the game, Jake Elliott, bouncing back from missing an extra point earlier in the contest, but hit two long field goals. You know, The last one, I should say it was a long one, 35 yards, but with the season on the line. This was, you make it. We've got hope for this week, right. and, and we're all celebrating and enjoying a, a positive week here in Philadelphia with the holiday season. He misses that one. Oh, lord! We don't need to go there. <laughs> Nonetheless, he made it. He is a Toyota Player of the Week nominee.
3: Yeah, and it, through his two years of being here, uh, he certainly has had some mishaps time to time, uh, from time to time. But I can't think of a moment where the game was on the line, or he needed to come up with a big field goal to tie a game or what have you, that he didn't come through. Uh, this kid um, has been able to come through for us, ice water in his veins. We talk about the Super Bowl heroes, Nick Foles, Brandon Graham, the strip sack, the force, but man, Zach hurts. But we don't often talk about Jake Elliott no. and that big field goal. He hit at the Brandon Graham, forced that up fumble on Tom Brady to put us up by eight points. Jake Elliott, once again, showing when you need him the most, he comes through for us.
2: All right, so those are your three nominees for the Toyota Player of the Week Award. Again, you enter, you have a chance to win a brand new car. So, you know, if you were slacking on uh, getting those gifts for the Christmas season, gifts. you know, like, <laughs> like myself right here, I was thinking maybe I'll, I'll be able to get out to the malls tonight, but with everything that's taking place, it, it may not happen. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to come through in the clutch one way or another. So, But nonetheless, uh, tomorrow, 2 p.m., you are on the air, Christmas yeah. Eve. Yep. Okay, Marks and Reese, can only We're, imagine.
3: We'll start to show off with our customary victory chant as we do when the Eagles win. And uh, got another exciting week of meaningful Eagles football to talk about. And I'm sure the fans will be pumped up uh, this week, getting ready for that Redskins game next week. I mean, it, we haven't been in this position of scoreboard watching in some time. And no. so uh, I. the funny thing is there'll probably be less talk about the Eagles' chances of beating the Redskins next week. And more talk about Chicago Bears taking Vikings. care of the Vikings uh, for us next week. So, uh, looking forward to a fun week, man. Another week of, to talk about our beloved birds.
2: You know, it, it's funny. You look at the Andy Reid tree. Okay, so Andy Reid. We could use some help tonight yeah. against the Seahawks. Okay, Chief Seahawks. Again, uh, primetime Sunday Night Football NBC. Uh, Matt Nagy. Okay. Chicago. With Chicago, you know, coach with Doug in Kansas City. Help, 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 help a, few a brother brothers out. out. Help a brother help out. Help us out. Help us get into the tournament. Okay? Not asking for much, okay? Right. Just get us in there. And, you know, hey, Doug. Doug was a great job as OC in Kansas City. Yeah. Comes to Philadelphia. Paves the way for Matt Nagy to get the OC job in Kansas City. He has a job in Chicago. So, you know, you got to take care of those who yeah. helped you along the way. There you go. Simple as that. So, uh, Ike. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your family. It's been, you, Chris. It's been a great ride, so, and it continues for another week here. And we thank each and every one of you out there. Again, happy holidays to everyone out there. This will be a very fun Eagles week indeed. Doug Pearson addresses the media at noon on Monday. We will carry that for you live. So until then, for Ike Reese and all of us here at the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm Chris McPherson. You've been watching the post-game show presented by Rico. Happy holidays. We will see you tomorrow.